0: recorded live.
1: One, personally, I like the guy. I've actually hung out with him and drank with him, so like, you know what I'm saying, that's always a big thing with me with people. Like Mm -hmm. I guy doing shots of Crown Royal with Grenadine in it. Um, But (laughs) when it comes to this situation, there's three things that automatically come to mind. One, you didn't get enough of talking about Ohio State already. Two, like it's a real dick move because you saw somebody actually like do something and then like you want to hone in on it. during it's just bad karma because like why would you step on somebody's shoes being young and radio when somebody probably did that shit to you and you're just doing the endless cycle. It's business, I understand it, but it's just a bad it's bad form on his part. You know what I mean? Like and considering what the fuck happened, like you remember the whole Desmond Howard thing, the tweet yeah. and all that shit. Right. Do you know how that's bad it I... got for that dude? Do you know right. how bad it got for him now? The guy, like, was crying on Facebook, like, to help him. My wife is sick and all that shit. Do you know about all that? No, I didn't know about all that. Exactly. So, like, this dude was at the fucking bottom, was saying he was losing his house, all this shit, like, you know, crying for people to contribute, like, you know what I'm saying, on Facebook. So it, that's what I'm not joking when it's like, if I'm him, the last thing I want to do is like, host a show talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes again and even put myself anywhere close to that water considering how he repaired his career. Right. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's just – it's funny. Now, here's the thing with Stiller, and I think it's a – I mean, I don't know what they're paying you. It doesn't matter. But with the contract that he has with them, I mean, from a business side, I can understand that part of it. Um, But once again, though, if I'm Stiller, if I know this guy's fucking reputation and I know what happened, I would never do that to my station. So, Stillers put himself in a bed. It doesn't even, like, it's things outside of you. Like, it's just the whole thing doesn't make sense to me. And I literally just read the email an hour ago when I sent you that email back. So, like, and these are all the thoughts that flooded to my head. Like, so, like, I think about you, like, being a young guy starting out. It's just a bad move on that part. Like, why am I going to make an enemy out of somebody, not an enemy, but you know what I mean? Like. That's right. a bad taste to live into a young guy like or like a newcomer like in the radio. Everybody's got to pay their dues well, and stuff, but you know, like it's it's just not a good look. No, Stiller came to me and said, you know, it, part of his his spiel was anytime we can get Torg on the air, we need to do it. And he said the idea the idea came to him during their me- Monday meetings, and Torg brought up how. Uh, the fan did it with Bruce Hooley with pre-recording interviews and uh, and intro and outro segments on, on Friday evening. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to do a pre-recorded one so that he doesn't actually have to be there on a Saturday to have a live show. Yeah, I got, I got, I know I used to listen to Hooley's show. Like I know, but here's a, here's a a real important thing. Like, see, I, I know you can't make these points to this guy. I wish I was there because I would just go in and have a quick, like, you know, one, two with this guy and tell him about how radio has been going the last 10 years in Ohio. Those two guys don't work for that station anymore. There's a fucking reason. Right. I mean, let's be honest. There's a fucking reason. Fucking Hooley went fucking berserk about the Trestle Lion thing and took it too far, got fired. You know what I'm saying? And Tor fucking got fired over a tweet. And so now you understand. Like, and so, like, when I said the Hogan thing, like there's a fine line you gotta walk, especially you're on air live. That dude sent out a fucking tweet about Desmond Howard and got fucking fired. All right. And once again, it's funny to me, and this is the thing that I I, I would if I was you, I would suggest to Steeler that you come on his show for the last half an hour and do the and be able to talk fuck out or something. God damn it. Um or, like, if they're going to do the tour show, but still give you an opportunity to talk about guys or talk something like that guy's got to give you some time. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that would be my thing. I don't know what the angle is, but, um, well, he you know. Well, like, he said that he wants me to be, to fill in when either him or TORC aren't there on their shows. No, I don't know if that would be solo or if it'll – it'll probably be with – No, yeah, it'll be solo because you'll step in or you'll step in with that producer dude like you guys did on Labor Day. So right. you guys will probably like tag team. And he's like also – yeah, and he's also talking Are about – Are you still under so, contract though or no? I'm I'm not under any contract. I was just brought on as part-time. So you only uh, get paid when you work then, probably, basically. N- no, I'm, no, I'm not even getting – I'm only getting paid when I'm on the air. The only reason That's what I'm, I'm saying, bro, will you get, yeah, no, I'm saying, will you get paid when you fill in for those guys? Yes, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, there's that, okay. And uh, he's trying to line up, he wants to do the last four weeks of November heading into the state playoffs. Uh, he wants games broadcasted on, used to go to talk to the Ohio High School Athletic Association, he's got some contacts there, and possibly do play by play for those games that are on our air. That'd be good. Um, but, uh, so uh, this, this, this one, this one's gonna blow up in this guy's face. So I'm just gonna let you know that right now, because there's yeah. a lot of Herb Street lovers that were on that guy's side. Because remember, Herb Street was the one who went after Tori, right? right? And got him fired basically. And he had some trouble. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a bad structure in the book, I think. And here's the other thing about it. It's another, it: is another is. People don't know you that well, but it's a real weird thing. It's going to be a backlash, too, because, remember, Torg had, I mean, uh, Stiller had uh, Matt Sinkis on there for a while, and then he got right. Him. He, he, he fired him almost immediately when he got there. Yeah, he was on for a while, because I was listening to the show. He was on uh, for a good maybe five months. Oh, okay, well, that's pretty, good yeah, I got that. It was it was like five, six months, man. I used to listen, I used to, listen to it. It was. Like, you know what I mean? I, I used to listen to it. Like, that was the one show on there I used to listen to. And that's why, like, I was like, I don't know who this stiller guy is, but, like, you know what I mean? The guy's unlistenable. <laughs> you know, like... Um, right. But... Um, well, yeah, and, you know, it, it, they fucking it gave me zero support through that, through that week. I did absolutely everything in anything, if, from picking the music to booking guests to... I didn't I missed the beginning. What did you open up with? Juice. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that probably didn't help the cause either because he didn't like that. But yeah. Yeah. It's fine. This, 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 this is the this is the world though. Like it, it's the entertainment world, man. Like you got to realize that too. And there's a lot of problems. Yeah. So that guy owns the station. And he thinks he knows what's best. Clearly, he doesn't because he wouldn't be on the goddamn air for four to six. That's the biggest problem right now that station's got. But we'll yeah, you know, I mean, move on from that. Um, you're still in a good spot. I mean, you didn't like, I was serious. You didn't fuck up the show. I had me and my girlfriend were listening. Like I take I DVR'd game day. I listened to the whole show. I just like got in like three minutes late. You know, like I was I was trying to get the fucking after Um that's why I missed the opening song. Um, gotcha. But no, it it was fine. It was just that's why I said, like if you just structured it a little bit better, it would have been good, man. Like you know what I mean? Like you can always improve right. stuff, you know, but it was fine. And they gave me no like like I was trying to find the balance between personality and straight, you know, news information type thing, and it just was there was no there was no guidance of what they were looking for. The only answer I got was your show, do what you want. Yeah, no, that's what, but that's that's why I say like, so like I know what you were strong in. Like I was serious. Like that stat thing would have been huge. That would have been a huge second. Yeah, I know you love stats, so you would have killed it. So that would have been a good five minutes. You know, right, like, I planned on going I, inside the numbers: uh, Urban Meyer versus Jim Tressel. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying career. anything like all that kind of stuff, <laughs> right? Because like, like you can't, you can't, you can't fucking. There's only so much you can talk about a Hawaii, Ohio State. I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean. So it's fine, man. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, you got on the air, you didn't fuck up. Like that's the whole thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep.
0: Yeah.
1: And I got it's on my resume, so. Yeah. and the music was good. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, one, it was. Thank you, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and thank you for the the dear God uh, whole, destroying rainbows line. <laughs> that that Yeah, that's a good line. Yeah. yeah. I'm i no, telling you, no, I, I posted, posted it. it. No, I posted. I, I it I it it. No, <laughs> I posted in all three Buckeye groups. Like, people were listening, man. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I was pushing it, so yeah. I know you uh, are. I really appreciate it. will have. Is, it going to be is he going to take the same name or what? And I don't know what they're going to do with it. I I kind of left there uh, upset. Told I'd be back tomorrow. <laughs> I no, you can't be like life. that. This is it, and that's why you got to be professional always, man. I would have took it with a straight face, like, oh, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Good luck to Torque. I mean. I understand that because it, it, it's a thing. It, it, it's it's entertainment, man. Like it literally. That guy, Tor, is the biggest personality on the radio station. So what can you do? You know, like right. He did, he just completely blindsided me with it. and Did it in in studio in the studio with Eric right there. You know, he did it unprofessionally, and then it just like. that's like you won. You, remember that moment though, and remember you've always got to be the professional one in a situation, regardless. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know, like, oh, hey, okay. more to understand the business. It's his business. You know, when when you, right. like, like think about all the shit you think about Howard Stern and all that stuff. Like, oh, yeah. You, I mean, come on. So it's nothing compared to that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, no, and I'm, gonna go I, I mean I'm not, I'm not saying fall, that. Guys. I mean, it's personal to you, but I'm just saying, like, it's not, it, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Like, it's the way it goes in the business. You know, like, if you think about it, you put it in the span of things, like, you know you got your shot, it's not like they pulled the show in the middle of it, you know what I mean, like so. right no yeah 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 no i I just and i i I, I just actually, couldn't I wasn't gonna learn anything that day <laughs> so I said, no I, but I actually think, i good. actually you know I actually think I think they saw like the success in the social media and whatnot. they saw an opportunity for toward to fucking you know what I'm saying capitalize on it, so that's how good it was that you did. It wasn't great, but you did good enough that they realized there's an opening there, because clearly they didn't think there was one. They just wanted to, you know, fill time. So there's something to be said for that, too. Oh, Thanks. I didn't think of it that way at all. (laughs) That that, that was the immediate thought that I thought. I was like, God damn, this guy saw an opportunity. Now he wants to step in there. Right. But nobody, the thing thing is, the time slot, I told you, the time slot, I was trying to be nice about it. The time slot fucked up. So it's all pretty good. Yeah. And that time flies too fucking hard. Right. Yeah. Right. And the only way that you really take that show to the next level if you're taking live calls for people to, you know, get fired up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, and it's also a word, course, production. So. Yeah. Like uh, a produced opening, a produced segment, uh, you know, bumper, taking phone calls, getting text messages out, running a contest for best text or whatever. Yeah. You know, those are all things that were going to be implemented as we move forward, and I got it yanked. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah so it's all right. Another door will open. Who does the social media over there? Uh, you know who I think it is? I think it's that Harry Yepram guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you met him? I've never met him, no. Oh, okay. That guy's all right. You know saying? He's a big yeah, risk. Yeah, he is. He, he's a good guy. Yeah. Or seems to be on Twitter anyways. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's why we can go on. Yeah, no. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> uh, we might have to do this by
1: show. We just killed a lot of time here, so we can start. This John guy jumping at the pit. we can just start to cut. <laughs> i didn't really have a lot of time to prepare the way i wanted to i mean i know what's going on but... no i didn't either dude <laughs> i got home and pulled my shit together and had to do a um a station promotion for my online class at not Print out flyers and come up with 60 second commercial, 30 second, a six, a 10 second sweeper, all sorts of shit. That was just. Who's in charge of putting your show up? So the uh, the former episodes. I mean, the prior episodes. Uh, the program director at the score who does absolutely fucking nothing. I was about to say, yeah, no. 'Cause I saw the link and I was like, Oh, you can link it right to the thing so I put it to Facebook and then I realized it was linking to nothing. So I was like oh, right. and then I didn't want to delete it and look like a dick about it. Yeah you know what I mean? So yeah, I just went no. right. Because um, I was to trying to I, I was trying to listen I was trying to listen to the show. That's why like I I was clicking on it, on my own. let me try to listen to the one, you know, because I caught the end of the last one, but I was like, let me try to listen
0: to the the one that I missed, you know. Mhm.
1: We can bump him back five minutes. How long? I mean, this NFL show won't be long if you want to get it in. It's just basically the picks. Uh, It depends on how long you want to go on the Browns, actually. (laughs) You can wait five minutes.
0: That's all. Do you
1: hit record yet? Yeah, it's recorded. Okay, cool. You know that's how I knew it wasn't recording that one day because I pulled up the
0: screen and I was like, oh shit, that's not a good look. Uh-uh. All right, here. What else? Do I have? I'm
1: just talking. This is with an Ohio bias, a podcast for real fans with D and J. It's the first official NFL show of the season. I am the Cleveland-born and raised Buckeye-born and bred. And I'm Jake from Youngstown to see bus. And we're talking Brown. And we will start with the Cleveland Browns. Uh a lot to get to, uh not a lot to be proud of, uh, considering they got Mollywapped by the Jets. Uh then we will <laughs> give you fantasy we will give you uh fantasy gold, fantasy cold, and then of course give you our picks for week two NFL action. Jake, let's get into it. Uh your thoughts on what happened in New Jersey, to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, there was some mollywamping going on at uh, the Meadowlands this Sunday, and it wasn't by the Cleveland Browns, or whatever that team was. Uh, I barely recognize them, to be honest with you. D. I, I just – it's the wrong color. It's the wrong uniforms. It, it barely looks like the team I remember uh, growing up and for is it's it, it, it's just another thing that's making it harder and harder uh to to relate to these guys and and you know give give the same emotion and and heart I've always had uh but as far as the game itself you know you, you got to applaud the guts of, of Josh McCown I guess for uh taking the helicopter spin and trying to score a touchdown and Johnny did what he could do, I guess. You know, He only practiced on Friday, uh, had a bad elbow for the most of the week, and then comes in, throws a touchdown pass, but after that, wasn't all that effective. Didn't get any chance to start, even when he practiced, didn't get a chance to play with any of the starters, so it'll be interesting to see him with a full week now, uh, what what the progression is with him. Defensively, we got our asses kicked on the line. Offensively, we got our asses Kicked on the line, and the most disappointing thing is that's where all our money's tied up. And those are the two places where we thought we we're going to be the strength of this team. And for it to be that bad, it really, really gets me down on this team right now.
0: The Browns lose thirty. Okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> nah, I just jumping in because you didn't say anything. <laughs> The Browns lose 31-10 to, to the New York Jets. Um, it was like getting kicked in the nuts in the first half and then having somebody smack you across the face in the second half. Uh, not much to really go on. The opening drive was phenomenal. The hope of the Super Bowl, you saw it all flashing before your eyes until Joshua McCown went airborne. And, uh, you know, if he makes the play and he's not concussed, you know you're loving Josh McCown as a folk hero, but now he's just <laughs> another one of the sad, unremarkable. I mean, one of the sad, like unremarkably amazing things that can only happen to the Cleveland Browns and the way they find to lose. Uh, I mean, you you <laughs> hit it everything else on the nail. I mean, all money, so we, got, we got the second. Yeah, we got the second highest paid defense in the league right now, and those guys couldn't stop the New York Jets. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick looked like Joe Montana out there, Uh, Brandon Marshall, Torch Joe Hayden, no pass rush, Nick Mango, Ohio State's own, who people were talking like this guy was, you know, uh, a Cro-Magnon man or something like that. The guy still got the goods and uh, gave Danny Shelton his welcome to the NFL game, not just moment, game, so... A lot lot to be changed around, but we know in the NFL, and I will say this, and this is the most optimism I can bring right now when it comes to Cleveland Browns, anything can happen week to week. So maybe they find that magical gummy bear juice, and they come out and we see a whole different Browns team.
0: Were there any positives we could take from that, D? Travis Benjamin looked
1: good. All right, all, right, all right, that's one positive. Travis Benjamin looked good in a yeah. small time. He's, he was out there. Um, I thought Duke Johnson looked decent for the time that he was out there as well. Here, here here's you know how I feel about Duke Johnson, guys. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, out, no, now I'm, now I'm not, not trying to provoke. Yeah, I mean, anything. like it's it's until he easier. gets hurt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> like, <so can laughs> I count on him for the time you know, he like, was out there? I, I, I oh, he yeah. thought he, he ran like, harder. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) he looked better than he looked better than the Crow. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Crow was slow, didn't he? Well, he looked slow, and they were just out of sync. Um, You know, here's the thing that I don't understand: How can they look so good on that first drive, and then the rest of the game they can't find it? You you heard the comments from Brian Hart, uh, not Brian Hartline, from Termon Williams. You heard the comments from Tremont Williams talking about how the momentum was lost, and how people were hanging their head down. I think they were riding so high, and the adrenaline was cooking, even on the guys on the bench, seeing Josh McCown run down. And, like, every Browns fan, like, once again, it was just like getting kicked in the nuts when he went. I mean, it was literally the scene from any given Sunday. The guy went like, <laughs> it really well. You know, like. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, Joe Hayden just getting abused by Brandon, or by uh, uh, Marshall. Uh, just. <laughs> and, uh, how many times – he's got quite a list going now of guys that have used him on a Sunday. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, Sasha Shorts comes to mind, you know, like – but Brandon Marshall, it was just a Fitzpatrick thing, and he did get away with one push-off, but then he went nuts after that. So, uh, yeah. you, 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 you think about this Browns team, I almost think it's time for Invincible, man. I mean, we need to hold open tryouts for anybody out there – who thinks they can play and find some goddamn talent to add to this team. I mean, somebody wake kick up. <laughs> uh, I don't know what we got to do. Uh, I mean, but here, here, here's one serious roster move. So, okay, we had some roster moves happen with the Browns. Uh, we still, you know, we know who's calling shots, but uh, Ray Farmer's on vacation. But they brought in David Blanchard, you know, uh, and then they brought in, you know, Turbin at back, who's still – separate from a high ankle sprain. Now we see David Fales got cut, who knows, who's very familiar with uh, Filippo, our coordinator. I think David Fales would be a better than Austin Davis or Blanchard, you know, quarterback to bring in. And David Fales is somebody that we could actually work with, maybe for another year, to see what the guys actually got. Um, and then also, too, Bryce Brown got cut from uh, the Buffalo Bills. So I would send Turbin back out, you know, he can crush his way back out of Berea. And I would bring Bryce Brown in, who's healthy, and who is a Duke Johnson-style running back who can help Duke Johnson transfer. I'm Like, I don't understand, like, why we can't bring some type of transition. Why You, you drive competition, but you have to transition young talent into these big roles. Yeah, it's, it just seems like a self-perpetuating cycle um, of bad move after bad move. And uh, – I don't I don't even know what to say at this point. I don't think you could fire Ray Farmer and give up on this this quickly, but I sure don't like the way it's going. For sure. I mean, it's bad news right now. Uh, one other thing, and I know you hate Tony Gross, but he reported something. He was talking about, you know, the Browns brass out there uh, after the game. And it was something that, you know, of course it's true, but I think he accurately depicted it. Because that was, like, the worst loss the Browns have had, maybe under the Haslam ownership. And he was just saying, yeah, those guys still were coming out a little bit kiki and Haha ha And it's funny, he's like, he's like, the Browns, like, front office, they're like, you know, the higher, they don't take the losses the way the fans do. And I don't think they see it the same way. And I heard one caller call in this week to one of the, uh, you know, sports talk stations. He was like, you know the best thing about Ray Farmer being suspended he actually is forced to watch the games the way the rest of us fans have to. Just on TV, he listens to the announcers, and he gets to see it the way that it's projected, you know, through the television screen. He's not on the field. He's not sending text messages down to the sideline. You know, he doesn't have any distractions. This guy has to, you know, drink a beer and sit down in front of the TV, eat some wings like the rest of us. And that has to be something that I think that it will be sobering to see how he comes back and maybe he changes his perspective and you talk about not blowing it up. Maybe some things change, and maybe this is a good thing. So that's a small – I mean, we're digging, like, you know, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. silver linings playbook. Maybe Jimmy Haslam at least once a year should have to have 10 or 15 fans come sit up with him in the loge and watch a game so that he can get some actual perspective of what fans go through on a week-to-week basis. Well, it's funny you mention that. They, the Browns have their charity auction going right now. And one of the things is you can have lunch with J- uh, Jenny Haslam, you know, uh, you can buy it. I'll tell you this, if I didn't want to waste my money, you know, on not buying Browns tickets and everything else, I would buy that just to give this guy an hour of hell. You know, I would be telling this guy <laughs> the way a T.I. is because I spent my money you got to take it. That guy would either walk out to disgust or he would shake my hand at the end of that dinner. So, um, And the thing is it goes through charity, so the guy would either have to buy me out, you know, or take the whole thing. We need to start a fundraiser to do this. <laughs> Figure out a way to, to raise enough funds so that so that we could send D to to sit with Jimmy Hasel for an hour and have lunch, and we'll record the whole thing. Yeah, no, it would be the best. Um, like, it's, first of all, it's, it's just some questions I got to get answered. You know, like, do you watch the same football games that the rest of us watch? Do you enjoy seeing football played at a high level? Yeah, I mean, like, we would start with the basics, you know, like, I, no, know, and like, it's, I'm not even going to go to it, this is just for me, you know, like, I was talking about Trump, I was like, I would trip this guy up with some simple civics questions, like, you know, like, what does the Supreme Court, how many Supreme Court justices are, like, you know what I mean, like, if you really want to take this guy down, that's how you take him down, like, it's like, when he has them, it's like, you know, how many, you know, or not even, like, something like that, but. It's like, when was the last time the Browns made the playoffs, you know, the new era and the old era? Like, how much have you dug into this organization? You know what I mean? Like, I would be all, I would be all in that guy's craw. Um, let's get to it. Fantasy Gold and Fantasy Cold. You ready for that, man? Yeah, I got a couple guys in down. Fantasy Gold this week. We know the Packers. Sign James Jones off the waiver wire. Once again, you wonder what the Browns are doing. Sleep at the wheel. Um, you got If you, James Jones is still available. Is, by the time you hear this, the waiver wire would have opened. But you got to try to get James Jones if you had to, if you're like me, you lost your games in some of your leagues. So you got that waiver priority. So use it on James Jones fantasy Gold. Um, also, tight end. You know, I'm giving you the skill positions, the guys that actually win win you games. Tight end, Jameis Winston looked terrible against Marcus Mariota, but he did get the ball to one person, one person only, and that was the tight end, Austin Cesarian Jenkins, the Texas A&M Aggies. So uh, you got a 12th man down there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Jameis Winston, that's the safety dial. You got to use him. Go for it. That's fantasy gold, and he's available in a lot of leagues. If you're like me and my fantasy team, and I know Jake's bringing fantasy cold, but – Dez Bryant, DeMarco Murray, Adrian Peterson, they did nothing for you. So you're looking for, you know, another skilled position, running back, wide receiver. Person I didn't have down, I had somebody. A couple options out there. you got Rashard Green. We're worried about his back. But, you know, he's the Florida State Project, product that helped Jameis Winston out a lot down there. Um, another one, this one is way under the radar, uh, but he's going to be running the ball for the next couple weeks and that's Cunningham with the St. Louis Rams. So some options that you can go to that, you know, if you're down on a waiver wire or, or you oversleep on Wednesday morning for some reason or you just can't open up your fantasy football app and so you don't think about it until, you know, Thursday, those are some guys you can go get. And, of course, Deion Lewis, Jake's favorite, who he wanted the Browns to bring back, and they didn't. And he only, you know, uh, helped the Patriots, you know, molly up the squealers. <laughs> Well, there's a few guys to stay away from. Uh, your fantasy goal today starts with maybe one of the all-time greatest quarterbacks, but averaging 4.4 yards a game or a, a pass isn't going to get you any points in fantasy football. Right now, if you've got a better option than Payne Manning, or any option that's close to Payne Manning, go with it. Uh, it. It doesn't look good right now. He's got to go to Kansas City this week, so if you got a better option, Stay away from Dean Manning this week until he shows that that is not a noodle arm. He, right now, he is fantasy cold. Uh, which would also lead me to another tight end, uh, Owen Daniels. Just doesn't look like he has it this year. Another year older, Payne Manning again, triggering the ball. I know it's only one game, but we have to overreact because otherwise, we wouldn't have anything to talk about. But Owen Daniels, Keep him on your bench. He's fantasy cold. And then a young wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, Nelson Aguilar, uh, got lost in the shuffle last night for the most part. It was really more the Darren Sproul, Zach Ertz, Jordan Matthews show. So unless you've got to play Nelson Aguilar and you've got nothing else, keep him on your bench for the time being because he's fantasy cold. Yeah, absolutely. You're looking for a QB. They'll get Marcus Mariota. He's going against the Browns. That's something there for you. Um, yeah, Chip Kelly. Right, we'll get to that here in a second about Chip Kelly. Um, I actually watched that game with a Eagles fan last night. This guy, I thought he was going to fucking kill himself. Um, <laughs> I got a couple bonus fantasy uh, golds, actually. Uh, Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert. Eifer. He's still oh, out yeah. there. In, believe, oh, yeah. yeah Tyler Eifer, that's a hundred and four yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, that's yeah, say that again. My bad. No, that's all right. One more bonus fantasy gold for you, and we go down to Who Land. The tight end Tyler Eifert. Uh, he's out there in a lot of leagues. Again, if you're if you got high priority on that waiver wire, you probably have till midnight tonight, which is going to be too late for you to get him. <laughs> but he's fantasy gold. If you do have him, play him. Tyler Eifert, 104 yards, two touchdowns fantasy gold absolutely uh and shout out to cleveland uh, cleveland Heights product travis kelsey who went monster monster with you know 20 plus some points wherever your fantasy league is scoring 30 some points i mean he was a monster for the kansas city chiefs so uh you're not going to be able to get him ain't nobody trading him away so uh let's get into it we are here week two nfl action starts with a big one you talked about it the denver broncos go in to the world's largest tailgate and Kansas City to face the chefs? I'd say Kansas City was one of the two or three teams that really impressed me in week one. Uh, I had some question marks about just, I guess, kind of everything. I just was uneasy about them, not sure what to make of them on their second year uh, with Andy Reid. But I'll tell you what, I was really impressed. Jamal Charles stays healthy, and Alex Smith can just manage this offense. The defense is really good, really fast, plays in space. Denver, again, we talk about in the fantasy goal. Payne, Payne Manning, I, I, he's another year older. He, that neck injury didn't help. I know it was his quad last year that a lot of people pointed to for the reason of his little bit of a letdown come playoff time, uh, a big letdown come playoff time. Payne Manning, until he proves himself, to be healthy and can throw that deep ball and and be accurate with it. I just don't trust Denver right now. New coach, new scheme on offense. I like Kansas City in this one. I agree. We talked about him and Travis Kelsey just running wild, running wide open. One of the best uh, spike celebrations you'll see uh, from last week. Uh, Jamal Charles and then Jeremy Macklin is going to get going for them too. Alex Smith was throwing it all around. Andy Reid's got that offense rolling and the defense. I mean, Justin Houston, the chefs are where it's at. And they always, you know, Andy Reid's teams always play well during the regular season, so I like them to get this one in the division against the Broncos. Let's get to Sunday. You've got it up front, up first, the Golden Boy, New England, the Patriots, take on Sexy Rexy and the Buffalo Bills. Hide your toes. Well, anytime you got Bill Belichick facing off with Rex Ryan, you can expect some fireworks. No pun intended, Jason Pierre-Paul. But I think in this one, I like Rex Ryan and the way this team looks. It's unique, especially the offense with Tyrod Taylor running it. And I think it's going to take a little bit to figure out what they're trying to do on offense to stop it. So I give the advantage there to Buffalo. We know Tom Brady came out on that Thursday night and was angry and put up a huge monster game. It's going to be a little tougher this week against Rex Ryan blitzing them all the time. He doesn't have a ton of weapons, and that defense is very susceptible. I like Buffalo in this one. I agree. Uh, Terrell Pryor got the workout, didn't get signed, so he ain't going to be out there. They ain't got nobody else to throw to besides Grump. Rex Ryan will be able to shut that down. The defense is coming. The Williams, the Williams, Kyle, Mario, they're coming after Tom Brady. It's going to be a rough one, and the Patriots will not be ready. They always have a letdown game, and this is the one of the year, I think. They will not be ready for Tyrod Taylor and that crazy attack coming from the Bills' offense. So agree with you. definitely like the Bills here. We go to Carolina, Charlotte. Rick Flair will be stutting and strutting as the Houston Texans come in to take on the Carolina Panthers. You with me? Okay. Well, we get this one. You know, Houston. We don't. We have a problem because we don't know who the quarterback is. Um, Brian Hoyer failed pretty miserably in his short stint there. Uh, was yanked in game one. Ryan Mallett in. I gotta believe that they're gonna go with Ryan Mallett in this situation. Uh, Cam Newton. Obviously, we know his handicaps with Calvin Benjamin gone. But they did manage to pull off a win this week. At home is a tough place for anybody to, to to lose a game to North to uh, Carolina. I like Cam in this one to get by Houston. Just I don't, I just don't see them having the offense.
0: Well, it looks like
1: the Brian Horner era ended early. I, I don't know if you said that or not, but. Um, J.J. Watt can't carry the whole Texans team, both offense and defense. He is not Red grained, even though a lot of people think it. Uh, Cam Newton is struggling with that offense, but they put away last week. Somehow the Panthers always find a way, and that defense is missing weakly. I like the Texans here to find a way to win. I think they found something with Mallett last week with Hopkins and Cecil Shorts that attack. I'm going with the Texans. And uh your quarterback is worse than no. And my quarterback is better than yours. The Arizona Cardinals face the Chicago Bears and the Colts. This is a sneaky one. Uh Chicago played pretty decent for for a good part of that game against Green Bay. And Arizona on the road isn't quite the same team that they are at home. This might be a sneaky one. I, I, I kind of just feel feeling the Bears this week. Matt Forte had a huge game. As long as Jay Cutler can avoid the big mistakes, and, of course, if Alshon Jeffries is healthy, which he was this week, I think the Bears pull off the up, the mild upset on Arizona this week at home. That's a faulty pick. I wouldn't put my money on that one. I like the cards, man. I think Larry Fitzgerald has a big week this week uh, against that young defense for the Bears. Day Nation welcomes in the Sheriff. The San Diego Chargers go into Cincinnati
0: to take on the Bengals.
1: Well, you got to love how Phillips Rivers brought the San Diego team back last week. Uh, Cincinnati obviously was very impressive at the black hole, but Oakland still is Oakland. David Carr went out early, and they, they basically beat Matt McGloin, Uh a, a guy who wasn't good enough to start at Penn State. I don't know how he has a job in the NFL. But um, I think Cincinnati, first home game, San Diego's got to come all the way across the country for a 1 o'clock start. Give me the Bengals to win at home. Agreed. That Bengals defense is just too strong. I like them a lot. Uh, I think the Chargers still firing that way. But if you got Keenan Allen, you're a lucky person. because that guy catches the ball, he catches the ball a lot. Go Bengals. Hey, it is with an Ohio bias, so there's some Bengals left. The Detroit Poodle. shaky Lions. Oh, go ahead. No, it's day? The shaky Detroit Lions go to take on the no offense, North Turner, Minnesota Vikings. Boy, talk about a team that underperformed in week one. That Monday night game was almost unwatchable. Um my uh, Minnesota just looked really bad, and it, it was surprising. I was high on Minnesota this year. Uh, I really liked, but Mike Zimmer had his defense going in the right direction. And then when you bring in Norm uh, to run the offense and add in Adrian Peterson, it should be a recipe for some points. And it was all bad. I I would think they're going to rebound. It's at home, Detroit. Kind of is what Detroit is. They're going to score some points, and they're going to screw it up late. I'm going to take Minnesota to get right this week. I'm not going to bail yet. Well, I like Detroit. I like what they got going on. I think Golden State bounces back from a bad week, and uh, he makes an impact. I don't like where the Vikings are right now. They haven't found their sink on offense, and that's going to be the thing that leads them. Uh, I do like Harrison Smith and Chad Greenway on that defense, but – those guys can't be on the field that long with the Minnesota Vikings often struggling. So I think in a short week, I don't think Adrian Peterson is able to shake the rest. So I think the Lions roll and that division will win. It'll help if they give him the ball and the ball to AP. Hey, man, you can't be rooting for your fantasy team while we're, you know. <up>. Well, speaking of a fantasy world, the Pirates, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are hoping James Winston can come back to reality and be the quarterback they need against the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. Not on the road in the uh, Superdome against the Saints team off a loss. Uh, Drew Brees is going to be angry and ready to go. I just think Tampa Bay, especially with Mike Evans, possibly being out again. Uh, Jameis Winston did not look good. He was staring down receivers. receiver. I mean, his first throw was for a touchdown to the other team. Too young. Saints. Rob Ryan's an experienced defensive coordinator. Coordinator will be able to confuse him. I like the Saints big here. I like the Saints, too. I think that, that Tampa Bay D is just so bad. Um, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think they'll be better at the, the – back into the season, but right now they're going to struggle through the front end of the season, so I agree with you on that one. The luckiest team in America, the Atlanta Falcons, go in to the unluckiest team in America, because they don't understand clock management and take on the New York Giants. Yeah, Eli Manning with a bonehead in play, forgot how to do math, I guess. First, he forgot how many timeouts there were, and that Also, if you're up 10 points, you can't lose anyways. Either ways, um, the Giants are at home in this one. Atlanta, a dome team coming to the Meadowlands or whatever they call that stadium now. Um, I I think the Giants get this one, even though they're coming off that real heartbreaker. That's going to be tough to swallow, but uh, Giants at home. Agree, the Giants played well enough to win that game. They're just idiots um, all the way around. I don't care whose fault, who wants to take the blame, you're an idiot. And I'll tell you this about the Atlanta Falcons, man. That defense wore down Vic Beasley, the young rookie, looked winded in that third quarter. I mean, we're not talking fourth quarter. Third quarter, this guy was sucking wind. So as vicious as that Falcons' new defense is, they're not going to be able to outlast the Giants in that running attack of Jennings and Andre Williams.
0: G-man big.
1: The 49ers come east, and they probably will stop in Youngstown on their way to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, for all we know, they're practicing in Youngstown right now. Uh, The Steelers coming home off just a a pretty tough beat in in New England on opening night uh, all around. You know, the one thing the Steelers are going to be able to do well this year is score points, and that's... One thing San Francisco is going to have a hard time doing, despite Carlos Hyde and his best Braxton Miller impersonation. Uh, I I really like what Carlos Hyde did, but I'm a notorious Colin Kaepernick hater. And for them to come all the way across the country for a 1 o'clock start in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's a different team at home than they are on the road. I think the Steelers get to 1-1 and here. Well, that Monday night football game was a glorified scrimmage, so I like the 49ers. I think they'll be rested, happy to be back in Youngstown, the confines of what they know so well, and then they won't be happy when they hit Heinz Field, and they'll take that on the squealers. So I like the 49ers huge. I hope you're right. Let's get into it. The surprise team of last week, the St. Louis Rams, hoping to get one more Super Bowl for the Lou, take on the Washington Redskins. Yeah, that was probably the most entertaining game of the week. Uh, St. Louis and Seattle. St. Louis impressed me with very limited resources. Uh, Nick Foles made some pretty big throws. Um, Austin Davis—is that who it is? Austin Davis. Yes, Sorry, uh, Davis. Tavon Austin. No, Tavon Austin. That's it. Sorry. Tavon Austin was Tavon Austin was making a lot of plays all over the field. The the defense looked great, led by the. the Little Animal, James Laurinaitis, Buckeye. I like uh, I like what St. Louis has got going on right now, and I think they could take it on the road to beat a pretty crappy Washington. Yeah, there's two guys I didn't like in the draft, actually. Anthony Barr, who was up there with the Vikings, he's helping that defense out a lot. And then Aaron Donald, I didn't think was going to be that good. But that guy with that line, with Robert Quinn, and, you know, you talked about the Little Animal. St. Louis Rams, they got it. They got, if you talk about whatever my says, they got nine the strong. They They – Bring it on special teams. They bring it on offense. They bring it on defense. So, you know, I like the Rams here, and the Redskins just think Kirk Cousins is an interception machine. They should have beat the Miami Dolphins and played awful. Um, Yeah, but the Rams are going to bring it, and they're going to bring it strong. So, I mean, they put up 30-some points on the uh, Super Bowl runner-ups last week, so I can only imagine what they're going to do to the Redskins. Uh, We get to it. The Tennessee Titans and the – Hawaiian Golden Boy, Marcus Mariota, come in to take on your Cleveland Browns in the home opener. And the biggest question this week is, will they wear the all-orange or whatever that color is uniform? But one question that will that isn't up to intrigue is, Johnny Manziel will be making his 2015 debut as the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. They'll have a full week to work. It's not going to be enough. I don't know. Tennessee, just anytime I got to face Dick LeBeau, I get flashbacks. Uh, Boy, I just think Tennessee coming off that win, Mariota looks really impressive. The Browns are going to have to respond, though. We're going to find out a lot about their character and what's going on in that locker room. I'm going to be the optimist here and say the Browns do bounce back and beat a pretty bad Titans team, despite how they looked in week one. I agree. Somehow, some way, the Browns defense gets two defensive touchdowns. You heard it here first. They win 21-17. to I think they get one offensive touchdown, and I think they just grind it out and try to possess the ball and keep Mariota off the field. So, I will tell you this. That Titans defense looked like world beaters last year, the first two weeks. They took down the Cowboys, but that personnel's not that good and if you can get them in a tough spot, I think that team folds. I don't care who's coaching on that sideline. So I like that. I I don't think Wizard Hunt gets his revenge against the Browns.
0: You wanna throw a score in there or no? I'll take the Browns
1: twenty four seventeen. All right, heavy on the early afternoon action, a little light on the late afternoon action. But we go with the Ravens over the Raiders, Jake. I think nobody thinks McLovin can get it done. Clearly, the Ravens win this game. I'm a Ravens all day, and I hate to say it because we all hate the Rappers. Yeah, Crows. Matt McLoone can't do anything. I mean, he's—I uh, don't know how he's employed. The Battle of Florida, the Miami Dolphins go in to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. I was disappointed what I saw from Jacksonville. They haven't made very many steps forward. Miami underperformed and underwhelmed in Washington last week, but I still think they've got the much more talented roster. I I think they're gonna end up going into Jacksonville and winning pretty easily. I agree. The only thing about this game that's a little weird, uh you wonder if Sue because of another questionable dirty play that's going to get suspended for this game or if it's coming down the line if Goodell gets his head out of his butt. So uh, that's the only thing that you could put there to give Jacksonville a fighting chance, but you never know what happens in Florida. You hear the craziest stories all the time, and uh, stop doing mess down there for the Dolphins win. I, I don't think Goodell's going to suspend anyone ever again. I think he's scared shitless that they're gonna, everybody's going to sue him. I don't know where the Josh Gordon lawsuit is, but it should be there by now. Yeah, no, that's true, yeah. How about them Cowboys? They found a way to get it back. Tony Romo's a hero. He takes this show in to Philadelphia and the Eagles. Uh, for even though Dallas got the win, they didn't they did not play the Giants, uh, and that was at home. Now they lose Des Bryant. Uh you know, a guy who commanded double teams and DeMarco Bert Murray is gone and he's the guy that demanded a stacked box, uh, so you you lose all these advantages that you had at one point, and it makes you a pretty ordinary offense. Uh, so it, Dallas is going to have to find someone to step up for the, for these playmakers. Philadelphia, on the other hand, they went to Atlanta. They had a really really bad first half. Sam Bradford looked better in the second half, and I think they started to find a little bit of their stride. They're at home. Dallas has to travel to Philly. I like the Eagles in this one. I think Chip Kelly couldn't get that offense rolling with Sam Bradford. They got a little bit going, but uh, they were just out of kilter. I, I think this is really coming back to haunt Chip Kelly. He's playing too many receivers. The rotations are bad. You know, it's it just it's something's not right there, and it all starts and ends with him. The Dallas Cowboys—they got one thing, got one thing going. Romo was making the ball spin, and then it was Bryant, even though he's on my fantasy team, I watched that game closely didn't contribute a lot to that game. He only had four catches, and even that, he had six targets total, so that was before he got hurt. So, um, you know, I, I like the Cowboys here. I think they're getting stronger, even though they lost Randy Gregory. Uh, the defense holds up a little bit, and I think the offense, you know, they still got Jason Witten and Terrence Williams had a good game, so uh, they'll get the ball to Beasley, and they'll find a way to win because if it's one thing it looks like it's happening, Jason Garrett is finding a way to get lucky, so they need to change the star from, they need to change the star to a horseshoe because that's what it looks like they're going to be the lucky team this year in the NFL. I think the horseshoe's taken. Yeah, by by the Colts. Who <laughs> we'll, get to, we'll, we'll get to the Colts. Don't you worry. I got something you ain't going to like. It. So, uh, all right. We got the runners-up. So we got the Seattle Seahawks going to Green Bay with an NFC Championship rematch. And this is the game of the week here, one we're all waiting to see. Uh, Green Bay's got an ax to grind. They struggled at times with the Bears, but they're back at home now. And Seattle away from uh, the, uh, Century Link Field. Seattle away from Century Link Field isn't the same team. They struggled at St. Louis last week. They'll struggle again this week at Green Bay. I don't think that offensive line's where it needs to be for Seattle. And I definitely think they're missing Cam Chancellor a lot. They need to get him signed. And until then, you can continue losing. Uh, Green Bay wins this one. Absolutely agree. If they sign Cam Chancellor, bring him back, they win. But if they don't, the pack, go pack for all death. Um, And, I mean, for all the reasons you said, I mean, the the Packers are going to beat them. The defense is not the same. It's not the same at all. Uh, And I don't understand, you know, Russell Wilson. Why don't you get your head out between Sierra's legs and get your groove on and maybe throw the ball to Jimmy Graham since they brought him there for a reason. So, you know, there's that too stuff. I'm starting to get creeped out a little bit by Russell Wilson. I don't know what it is, but he's got like the creep factor with between the the God talking to me and the non concussion water and and not having sex with Sierra. there's something off about that guy. First of all, the guy's a fucking liar. There's no way that you de- you you're hot hockey to smoke Sierra and you're not having sex with her. I mean, even God wouldn't approve of that. So I don't you know like, <laughs> yeah, I mean? <it's>, like <laughs> There is that, so let's get to Monday night football, (laughs) (laughs) The New York Jets go in to take on the Indianapolis Colts in the Monday night football matchup.
0: The New York Jets, off the big win against Cleveland,
1: they're still a bad football team. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, for every great throw he makes for you and hope he gives you, he will let you down every time. Uh, it happens in Indy this week. They're coming off the loss in Buffalo. Uh, it's not going to be a pretty situation for the New York Jets. They're going to have to try to beat them up front. We all know that's where Indy is weak. I think Andrew Luck this week gets right. It doesn't matter if he has T.Y. Hilton. He's got enough weapons. They'll make it work. Colts at home are tough. Give me the Colts. I'm taking the Jets in the upset here for one reason, wow. one reason not- only. We're 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 done with the elite quarterback talk. Andrew Luck's not elite quarterback. You cannot come out week one and lay an egg like that. This guy does it every year, every season. He passes, stats, okay. and in games. He should. He laid an egg last year against the Browns, if you remember. He played terrible. The guy I, went to the. I, team league, team like, team He's not elite. He's not elite, and he laid an egg. How did he play that game? Tell me yeah. the stats that game. What was it? What was the yeah. stats of Luck that game?
0: Well, they were they playing were awesome. with
1: play balls, so it doesn't matter. Uh, if they uh, had regulation balls, it would be a different story. That's possible. I'll give you that. <laughs> I mean, but nevertheless, I mean. But, no, I, I'll say this. That, that offense is not the right. There's rumors of hairball moving from the team up north next year and then firing Pagano so he can go back and coach <laughs> that again. Epic. That's a, No, that's a huge distraction. I think that was coming out of Indianapolis. It literally was in the Indianapolis. You start. know what? I, I, I will say I, I agree that that. Uh, the 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 relationship between Pagano and the general manager and Irsay, it, it is super dysfunctional, like Three's Company dysfunctional. It's bad. Yeah, they're treating this guy like Mr. Roper, and this guy's a cancer survivor. <laughs> who would just Only you kept your team winning during all that. So I don't understand. <laughs> I right. like, get a guy cut the guy to slack. Um, I, I buddy, think like, the GM's his <laughs> dr- drinking buddy. I think the GM is Robert Irsay's bill supplier and drinking buddy. Well, besides the pharmacy action going on over there, the real problem is they haven't drafted any offensive linemen to protect luck. And that's a real issue, and they can't <laughs> run the ball either. And they got rid of, you know, Ohio State's Boom Heron, who helped them get through those playoff games last year. So, you know, they got Josh Robinson, who's not a dynamic runner from Mississippi State. You know, that guy, he, he can grind it out a little bit, but why they didn't get keep Boom Heron, who actually had proved himself there, at least to be effective when they needed him, you know, and to catch the ball out of the backfield as well for luck? makes no sense. Luck's not using Kobe Sleener. They're not right right now. I like the Jets here, who actually got right against the Browns, and I think they found something that they can build on. They do lose Cromarty in that secondary, which is a huge loss for that defense, and they lost the linebacker, but I still think the Jets find a way to win this one. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, believe it or not, and it will not be a pretty affair on Monday Night Football.
0: You good with that? Yep.
1: All right. As always, enjoy your Thursday, Monday, and, or your Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night of football. All right. Let's
0: get this young guy in here.
1: Number from a six one nine. Yeah. 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 What's Hello. That? Well, well, you don't know the San Diego area code when you hear it. I mean, yeah, when you see, mean, see it. Are you, are you in San Diego now, you? I am D, not. I, I'm not in San Diego. I'm on. I'm on my girlfriend's phone because we got a better reception. So. <laughs> he's on a. Bur- he's on a burner. His, his weekly burner. I was. Support, <laughs> I was just trying to put two and two together. That's all. Man, it's really good to hear from you guys. How are you guys doing? All right doing well, doing well. Good, John. Good to hear from you too. Jake, what's up, brother? Hey, I heard you you got that radio thing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it went really well on uh, Saturday, but uh I, I got bumped for a bigger name this week. Uh one of the guys that does, is kind of big down here in Sports Talk uh caught wind of it and decided he had a better way of doing it pre-recorded. So, I got moved to fill in post on a couple of shows there. Not gonna have the same show every week, but still on air. Be live Up you know geez. what any any airtime is good airtime and um doing doing the right. podcast and doing all that is is a good thing on top of it all. So yeah, just as much experience as you. you can get I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. See you good brother, are you in Cleveland? Where are you at? No, I'm actually in Virginia so you're you're in now, have you always been in Virginia, or? No, no, I was in Cleveland before. I've been in Virginia right. Beach since about, uh, what's it, May, April? April. Cool, very good. What do you What do you guys think of the football season so far? Anything? Well, I, guess I thought, yeah, I will say this, and actually we can get into it a little bit, but uh, I, I thought that last weekend, me and Jake both thought the last weekend was going to suck. It actually turned out to be a weekend great. football. It was great, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. great football. I I would agree wholeheartedly, but there's been some shockers with back to back Hail Marys with BYU and um some resurgence and then some teams that haven't come to play like Auburn. I mean we'll get into it all but it's definitely been, been crazy at the same time. All right. Well you ready with your intro? You got your own five minutes, so you got that you all prepared for that, the under radar picks? Yep, I went ahead and actually kind of wrote things out. Normally, I just kind of do it off the cuff, but I went ahead and kind of created uh, a little template for myself, and I'm hoping that that'll also avoid me from rambling so much that you won't have to cut so much stuff out of it, and also, hopefully, it'll come out a little clearer because of that, too. We'll see. All right. Good deal. All right. This is With an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with D.N. Jake. We're back with the college football show, IMD, Cleveland born and raised, Buckeye born and bred. And I'm Jake from Youngstown to She-Bus. We're talking college football. Gentlemen, we are back with with also to West Coast aficionado, John Costas. Thanks, guys. Awesome to be back on the podcast. It's been a great two weeks for college football. Really looking forward to week three, and again, very excited to be on the podcast. You can find me at Cleveland Cos on Twitter, and I love to talk football. All right, this is the way this one's going to break down, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to start with our five takeaways from the last week in college football, then go to share our final four, who's in, and our opinions, and of course we will play the prediction game for the games that we think that matter. We then go in the book with Jake and John, five games that they have determined to uh, give you the best betting options. Then we go even deeper with John's own under-the-radar pick. So you got every game in the FBS and maybe even some FCS. You never know what John's going to give you. And then, of course, we close it out with the, with an Ohio bias style. So let's get into it. Your five takeaways this week, gentlemen. I'll start with one of mine. Uh, I think the best team in Pennsylvania, you know how I feel about the team in Unhappy Valley. But seriously, uh, John, I hate to bring it up, but, Temple got one over on the Cincinnati Bearcats, and I think they're the best team in Pennsylvania in that area. I mean, you might even say New Jersey, because I don't think Rutgers could beat them. So uh, shout-out to Matt Rule and those uh, P.J. Walker and Jahad Thomas.
0: I think Temple has, uh, you know,
1: a great opportunity here. That with 20 returning starters, they've really found something, and it's, you're right. I think they are the best team in Pennsylvania at the moment. And if the pools came out today and they weren't preseason pools, I think we'd see this Temple team in the top
0: fifteen. You there, John.
1: Guys, I'm sorry. I just had a little bit of a dog issue. Give me can you give me two seconds? I'm really sorry. Yeah, no, you're yeah. Fine. Fine. Uh You talk about them being in the top 25, and I think that's the biggest thing. You look at that top 25, we said we're not going to really go into the polls, but, I mean, you know where I'm going. Auburn shouldn't be there. There's a couple other teams that you could say shouldn't be there. Temple has proved themselves, and I think you look at their schedule, I think Temple might have a chance to go undefeated. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I've been really impressed with what they've done the first couple weeks, and like you said, they don't have the schedule that a lot of these uh, high-end teams have, they they could be the, maybe the only undefeated team at the end of the year, uh, but yep. definitely on on their way to a great season. Another one of my takeaways, we look at the Maction, uh, we talk about a team that fell out the top 25, and I know you want to get on it, so I'll lob it up this softball up there. Mr. Run his mouth down there with the Hawks, Toledo beats Arkansas, and then Bowling Green takes Maryland to the woodshed. Well, you've hit on two of my five right there. Uh, obviously, Maction is back. We saw what Toledo did down to Burt Bielema and shut him up uh, and the rest of the SBC for that matter and take out the Arkansas Razorbacks in Arkansas. So that was a huge win. And then you had Maryland going down uh, going down to Bowling Green. So a big day for Northwest Ohio in that regard. And let's not forget Ohio over Marshall at Shout out to Eastern Michigan 1st non-conference win in 27 years. Beat Wyoming this week, so the matching was definitely something that stood out for me this week. Yeah, well, let's hope the matching comes to an end this week. We don't see an upset from you the got right. Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> they, if they take a, take the Huskies like they took Hawaii, where we could be in for a dog fight. Uh, if we bring one up, uh, another one of my takeaways. Uh, we'll get to this, and the end to so it is going to be uh, is that Stanford has a pulse, thank God, out there in Palo Alto. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to live up to my prediction, but at least they got a pulse out there. So they they got a, a tough game that we'll get to this week, but uh, thank God that they're actually living, you know. There's not the walking dead. Uh, it's not fear of the walking dead out there in Palo Alto. I about a little takeaway out in South Carolina? Uh, how about that Clemson Tiger team? Uh, they certainly look for real. Uh, two games, nearly 900 yards of total offense. And if you kind of watch the two games, they really haven't taken the shackles, so to speak, off of Deshaun Watson. Uh, and you you care to wonder what they're going to do uh, once they really get that offense moving. Uh, I got to say, after two weeks, they they're probably my front runner to win the ACC. Oh, absolutely agree with that. I think the Clemson Tigers, I think they need to keep the shackles on to keep the Watson healthy. So that may be a little reason why he's a little limited, which I like. Um, the only person they got to battle in the ACC, in my opinion, is Georgia Tech. Like like Clemson a lot, though, and they got a big test coming up. You look at Clemson, I think they're even not even getting the respect in the polls, as they should be uh, at least in the top ten right now. Who should be in the who shouldn't be in the top ten. You know it was coming. It's with an Ohio bias, but you know the program that I don't like. How the hell is Georgia ranked number seven in the country? They're the most. They're in a second most one-dimensional team in the SEC behind LSU right now. It makes no sense, and we're going to see these guys come up, and Lord knows their reckoning is coming at the end of the year because they will lose to the Yellow Jackets game. Well, that brings up my – leads me to my next point. Let's stop burying the lead at this point. It's the SEC dominance theory is over. Rest in peace. It it was laughable this week that when Burt Bielema opened his mouth, that you had all these teams either struggling or going down. You had Florida players tackling each other. There's not one solid quarterback in the entire conference outside of maybe Dak Prescott. And they are probably the – they're in the bottom tier of of the SEC, in my opinion, at this point. So – SEC, just shut up and play your games and and worry about beating Toledo and and the like. How about the Oklahoma Sooners, gentlemen? Um, I I thought they were as good as dead uh, going into Knoxville, playing that Tennessee team, uh, and really being on the ropes, making that big comeback uh, and getting the win in double overtime. You know, this was a volunteer team. They lost last year to TCU. They lost to Baylor. They lost to Kansas State. And as a 21-point favorite at home, they lost in the Bedlam to Oklahoma State. Then they go off to the Russell Athletic Bowl and uh, lose 40-6, to uh, not to the Deshaun Watson-led Clemson Tigers. Oh, no, this was the Cole Stout. Uh, John Betts against him every week Clemson Tigers. Uh, and they looked terrible. And like I said, on the ropes, they didn't hang their head. Really liked what I saw out of Baker Mayfield, uh, and I looked for the Sooners to make push forward in a positive manner uh, and get back some of that lost swagger they had uh, lost uh, during the season last year. Absolutely. We all agree Cole Stout stunk last year, so uh,
0: <laughs> it, was no
1: shock. it was a shocker that they won that bowl game. Um, it was a huge weekend for the Stoops brothers. Baker Mayfield's got the moves on and off the field. And uh, i also point to, uh, you know, Mike Stoops down there uh, taking Kentucky into South Carolina. I know Connor Mitch got hurt, but that was a huge win for the Wildcats in the SEC. Yeah, and I think part of that story, too, is also how bad South Carolina has looked uh, this far. Uh, it's not looking like a good season for the Gamecocks, and I have a feeling the HBC is going to have a little explaining to do at the end of the year, so that's... Something to keep an eye on, possibly. I'd oh, love
0: to other, your, go uh, ahead. I was going to say, Heard looked visibly upset
1: with Butch Davis. I mean, Butch Davis, uh, Butch Jones, at the end of that Tennessee game. looks sorry. Absolutely, he wasn't getting the ball enough. That's yeah, you know, it's not. A, it's it's not a big deal. That it, it was good. Go ahead. How about the Oregon Ducks putting up a really strong fight up in East Lansing against uh, Michigan State and the Spartans? Um, you know, I, I thought that Michigan State was clearly the better of the two teams. Um, but I was impressed with Burton Adams and what I saw. This is a guy with a broken finger uh, who led that team uh, into East Lansing and, and put up a fight for four quarters. Yes, they didn't get the victory But I would say don't worry about Oregon. You know, I thought they had a good showing. uh, And Vernon Adams is only going to improve going forward. He's only been on campus for a few weeks. He had to take those tests over at Eastern Washington. Uh, And I felt like the defense kind of held their own versus uh, the Spartans' big bruising front seven. Um, You know, and they forced some takeaways. You know, I I think Oregon going forward is only going to continue to get better uh, and something we should take note of as the season goes along. Well, they were in my top four at the beginning of the season to make the playoffs again, uh, and I, I agree. I was really impressed with the effort they put forth. Uh, the defense was better than uh, they showed against Eastern Washington, and Vernon Adams, for the most part, handled the tough situation, being on the road with the back finger pretty well, and his ceiling is is, only, is pretty high at this point, in my opinion. He's gonna He's going to end up having a really, really nice year and put up some big numbers. Yeah, tough environment. East Lansing. They go against one of the best coaches in the country, Mark Antonio, and they show themselves well. Uh, you know, that's the, you know the thing. The problem with Oregon, they they have to have that tempo and they have to have their team clicking on the right. You know, uh, you have to have that engine rolling at the right level, and it clearly was not the case. And you, you got to give credit to Michigan State's defense for a little bit of that. You think about the fact that Oregon doesn't have to play UCLA. Maybe that's the game that you want to see in the regular season, but. Maybe we get it, you know, later on. So that would be the one. I mean, they do have to play USC, but without having to play UCLA, Oregon definitely looks like they will be the toast of the Pac-12 once again. You might be able to get that in the Pac-12 championship game, though. So that would be depending on what UCLA and USC do against each other. And, gentlemen, I know I'm out here in, in San Diego and, you know, keeping a close eye from afar, but, you know, asking these two Buckeye fans, is, uh, is Cardell Jones the best option for Coach, Coach Meyer's offense? Um, I kind of think JT Barrett may be the better choice. More systematic, doesn't provide the wow factor that Jones does, uh, you know, with his rifle arm. But I feel like Barrett may have more speed, command, knowledge of the offense, kind of keep things in tune. Sure, you watch Cardale Jones and you say to yourself, oh, my God, every uh, 15 or 20 plays. But it just seems like J.C. Barrett does everything right uh, in a in a system like Coach Myers. I feel like he may be the better option at quarterback and would love your guys' opinion
0: on that. Well, I mean,
1: I, I tend to agree with you in theory. I think the one thing that Coach Myers is enamored with, the more even more so than the arm of Cardale Jones, is, is his size. Um, And when you're going up against big teams, big physical teams like they were in Virginia Tech, and they will against Michigan State, I think that's the advantage he gives you over JT Barrett, uh, the ability to stay in plays a little bit longer and bounce off tackles. JT ideally with the speed and just his maturity and everything else that goes along with his intangibles. he doesn't have the cannon arm, but he's got a very adequate arm to do what he needs to do. I think we're going to see a lot of JT Barrett. And I think as we go along in this season, Urban Myers is not going to put all his cards on the table. And there's going to be a situation where teams are guessing a little bit, which one they're going to see and how much of which one they're going to see. So I, I, I really tend to believe that Urban is, playing this very strategically. It may blow up in his face. You know, it it doesn't work very often in a two-quarterback system. But he's got two very special quarterbacks, which isn't like the normal situation of you got two, you don't have one. This is a legitimate I have two. Yeah, and I think they work, you know, of course, the much has been uh, uh, showcased about their relationship together. I, I think the question comes – I mean, it's hard to answer the question. I agree with the premise of it. But I say it this way, you know, Cardinal Jones walked away from the NFL last year when people were saying he might get drafted first round, second round. I think Urban Meyer is trying to set this young man up to, you know, for the next level by showcasing him. And he does have the edge as with the height and the stronger arms. So you get that too. So it's both the physical capabilities and also what you do in your program to help players. The Cardale Jones stories might be one of the best ones in college football once you hear the whole thing. And we went through it before last year during the podcast going into Alabama, of course, the national championship game. But if you really don't know the story of Cardale Jones, you know, coming from a game where he lost the state championship, hard troubles, you know, as a kid, getting, you know, basically adopted growing up, and now being on the verge of being one of the top picks in the NFL draft on a team with another top pick in the NFL draft, Toy Bosa, I think that's what Urban Meyer's looking at. He is also he's balancing the fact that he can win with both of them, but Cardell Jones upside is so much greater. Can he can he win while seeing this guy develop, which what you always want to do with college football and also preparing him to be at the next level and and seeing him go up to the NFL. It's it's in that part of the story gets even better So, And also Cardale's pretty durable. That guy takes hits and like yeah. always right, gets up. And the a little you know, I, I've heard a little rumor also that there could be some politics in play here as well. Uh, Cardell coming from Cleveland Glenville, the Tar blooders, there's obviously a pipeline there with Ted Gins Sr. Uh, so there may be a little bit of heat to to get him some action as well to keep that pipeline flowing. Well, I will say this about that. Like, it, it, I just listened to a great interview with Real Reeves on uh, uh, on his podcast with Bill Rabenowitz of The Dispatch, who has a new book out called The Chase, and he talked about when Cardell Jones showed up at Ohio State. You know, remember he was a trestle holdover; the guy couldn't even make it through the first practice, second practice. He proved himself in the Urban Meyer system, which is, you know, you got to lift weights, you got to learn the playbook, and everything else. And they talked about. If you remember, Jake, and I know you'll remember this one, it was a Purdue game where Braxton Miller got hurt, Kenny Guyton came in, he was playing well, but Kenny Guyton had a helmet issue. And this, they talk about it in the book, and and literally it looked like Kenny Guyton was going to have to come out for a play and Cardell was going to have to go in. And Cardell said, you know, he knew he hadn't been prepared and he wasn't ready to go in that game. And he said Urban Meyer looked over him, and he said Urban Meyer looked like he wanted to kill him because Urban Meyer knew he wasn't prepared either. And he's like, you know, and that game was a little tight at that point. You know, and I think – after that point, he motivated himself. So now that's why you see Urban Meyer trusting him and Werner because the guy has – is the best, it's when I say I'm not joking about it, I'm not even trying to be like, a you know, Buckeye homer. It's just any program you want to see guys develop. Um, you think about the Oklahoma story. You talked about them. Baker Mayfield, transferred from Texas tech, tech, had problems with Hook Kingsbury, now goes and works with Bob Stoops. The guy looks like he found a place with Oklahoma soon. These are the kind of stories you look for. You think about – and my other takeaway, I know I threw six in there, but you teased it. The Magnum story with BYU. We know how dynamic Taysom Hill was. The guy gets hurt two years in a row. Now Aaron Magnum, the hell Mary kid, two weeks back to back. These are the stories that you root for, and that's why college football is so exciting right Did you guys talk about Auburn? No. No, not yet. Perfect. We just kind uh, of I'll, hit on the SEC, so you can bring that up. Sure. That was my last one. Um uh, Guys, I also think that Auburn has some legitimate concerns, uh, not only at quarterback with Jeremy Johnson, uh, but also on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, You know, you watch that Alabama-Louisville game, and I feel like it was costly mistakes, you know, in the first half that the Cardinals, uh, I believe one was a fumble taken all the way to the house for a touchdown, first play, long play, uh, interception, uh, this was a Cardinal team that went ahead and basically handed the first half to the card, or to the Tigers uh, and, and kind of were able to fight their way back in and almost win the game. They covered the spread. Then they see Jacksonville State the next week, and Jacksonville State's running read option against the Tiger team. And quite frankly, I feel like this is something I would assume that this Auburn defense is seeing on a day-to-day basis in practice uh, with their team doing it, and they're unable to stop this F- FCS team from uh, moving the ball up and down the field and controlling the clock. Uh, again, Jeremy Johnson throwing interceptions, missing open receivers. Um, there's a big, big concern in the Plains uh, out there in Alabama, and uh, Gus on they have to look into the uh, depth chart and see if there's somebody else that can maybe take over that quarterback position. But, man, if he can get Jeremy Johnson straight, this kid's 6'5", 240, got a big arm, hopefully he can get his head on straight. And, uh, man, this Tiger team could be good, but we're not seeing it so far. I agree with everything you said. I will just say, and the one thing, the one point where you, you said he throws an interception, this guy's just throwing the ball to the other team. Uh, I mean, like, he's not even, the ball's not in the vicinity of receivers when he's starting the interception. If anybody can do what Gus Malzahn can, uh, but, yeah, they look they look bad. They look real bad against the Jacksonville State team. I know it's in Georgia, but good Lord, it ain't that much talent at Jacksonville State. You, you brought up a good point about the Auburn not being able to stop the spread, and that's what you, they see every week. That's my Georgia Tech argument is how can Georgia Tech not know how to stop the run? And That's all they practice against at all times, basically. So it, it's a head-scratcher, but – you know, it was a, a team that took another one way too lightly and almost got bit for it and probably should have. All right,
0: Jake, what you got takeaways from last week? I gave
1: you most of mine. Let me see if I've got now Rinda. Oh, one more, yeah. Uh, my last takeaway from last week was the, the tough luck fighting Irish at Notre Dame. Uh, less uh, like uh, four-leaf clover and more like uh, cow manure when it comes to these injuries. Uh, Malik Zaire goes down this week. Turin Folsom goes down the week before. Uh, you know, enter Deshaun Kaiser, who you know, I, I heard them draw, uh, some people draw some similarities between him and Cardell. Uh, very similar size and do the sim, do kind of the same sort of stuff. And you wonder now, has Ohio State Raise that bar of being able to still be successful even with your backup quarterback and maybe your next backup in programs that have that much talent like a Notre Dame program. A lot of season left to be played, and it'll be interesting to see if Kaiser's going to be able to be the man. I mean, he's got one of the top receivers in the country in Will Fuller, and that defense is very fast and, and plays in space very well. Uh, Brian Kelly still may have a chance here with Notre Dame despite the big-time injuries. Guy, you want to get in there? I'm going to save what I'm going to say for uh, for the game because. Well, let not... me. Let, let okay, that's it. I would say this about that Notre Dame Virginia game. That Virginia quarterback, the one with the dreads, has to be one of the worst quarterbacks that I've ever seen play football. I don't care what level. I mean, this guy got beat time and time again, and especially on that last play where you let somebody get behind you on the last play of the game. I was just so disgusted. And I will say this, London Bridge is not falling. It has fallen down. And it's a sad, sad thing for Mike London with the Virginia Cavaliers program. I actually think he's a good coach, but – it's just not going to work. And that game right there is going to be the one that spells the end for him with the Virginia Cavaliers. And it's a shame because I feel like he's starting to get some momentum over at Virginia. Matt Johns is starting to play better. Uh, and, and, you know, they they lost Grayson Lambert, uh, a transfer uh, to Georgia. And, uh, you know, I, at first I thought, man, Lambert wanted out and wasn't a good fit. I haven't been a Lambert fan Uh and it looks like, to me, Matt Johns may be the better quarterback of the two, uh, and it leads me to believe that the University of Virginia may have a better starting quarterback than the University of Georgia, and that certainly makes uh, me scratch my head. And that's another reason I don't like Georgia right now, but, you know, i will say save that for many more podcasts down the road. Uh, so let's get into it, John. Who do you have in right now, if you were going to say the top four teams uh, making a college football playoff? Well, I have Ohio State, obviously. I think they are a very solid team. Uh, I look out here to the west, uh, and I'm pretty impressed with what I see so far out of Southern California. I'll add USC. Uh, I really like Clemson and Deshaun Watson. I think they have uh, a pretty easy road. And, um, man, I feel like uh, the SEC is going to be a real rough and tumble issue uh, I like Alabama, but, man, they have a murderer's row schedule with Old Miss this week, Georgia in two weeks, Arkansas, A&M, Tennessee, LSU, at Mississippi State and at Auburn. That is a real minefield. Makes me look a little bit more at Old Miss. This is a team that's shown some really good times. If I have to put a team in from the SEC, I'll go ahead and put the Old Miss Rebels. It is a question to ponder for you too, Jake as we think about this, uh, does a two-loss SEC team find a way in? Well, in our preview edition, I did have a two-loss SEC team in, and I had LSU in. But after watching them this week in that quarterback situation and how they let Mississippi State back in, they've got a lot to prove to me still, and I don't have them in at the moment. Uh, The way I'm going to do my top five, it doesn't have to do with anything as far as future schedules or previous poll rankings, it's the four best teams that I think are right now, and that's Ohio State with the undefeated, undisputed national title, Michigan State with the best win in college football right now, Alabama based on their defense, and Derrick Henry, and I'm thinking Jay Coker will come around a little bit, and my last team in is in Southern California, but it's not the Trojans. It's the Bruins. Uh, Josh Rosen looks really good, and I, I just – I, I like the experience they had. I know they got a big loss on the defensive line, a defensive tackle. I can't remember the kid's name at the moment. But uh, I, Jim Mora has instilled that toughness and a little bit of bite back in the Bruins. So they're my number four team, and just on the outside looking at it is USC. So uh, I know I said I wasn't going to play down the road, but these two will take care of each other. Yeah, I, I don't think a 2 uh SEC team makes it in. Uh, we'll get to LSU. I've got plenty on them later. Um, there's more of the same there. Of course, Ohio State, um, like them, I, I, I'm still penciling Bama in because they have the strongest defense out there right now, and I'll give them that credit. State, I think the quarterback play is still real shaky. Like what I saw from Michigan State, of course, like them a lot. And, you know, honestly, with them losing to Michigan State, I still like the Ducks. Uh, I can't roll with the freshman quarterback. I like UCLA a lot. They would be my fifth one, and then uh, they would pretty much battle out with Clemson. These Big 12 teams got to prove something to me. If I was going to take one team from the Big 12 that even have an outside shot, it's going to be Oklahoma. Yeah, I think they got a little bit of magic. They just got to sustain it all the way through the end of the season. Yeah, I was going to mention in all three of our top four choices, none of us took a team from the Big 12, and that goes to speak for that conference right now, Really interesting to see if TCU or Baylor uh, or obviously Oklahoma can show a little class and uh, put themselves into that top four. Man, would it be hard for the Big 12 to have two consecutive years uh, where none of their teams made it to the playoff. All right, gentlemen, let's play the prediction game for the games that we got slated uh, that we'll be looking at. You know, we watched all the games, but these are the big ones that, uh, will have impact in the rankings and those guys that we just talked about, that will be in at the end of the year. We start this week, huge matchup on Thursday. One of your favorites, John, the Clemson Tigers versus Louisville. Well, as I mentioned before, I feel like the Sean Watson is for real. And it looks like he's fully recovered from his injury-plagued freshman season. The line opened up at four and a half. I should say Clemson getting four and a half, and it's getting fed up to seven in some places. Uh, I like Clemson to win, but uh, it's no bet for me unless this uh, spread drops a little bit. I would like the Tigers around five and a half or less, I guess, the spread. Well, you would hope some point that Bobby Petrino would throw out the uh, Tom Coughlin summer camp that he went to, those coaching books he picked up, and actually coach this Louisville Cardinals team up a little bit. Um, I agree with you. I think Clemson and the Tigers are too strong. Even going into Papa John Stadium, I think the Tigers roar and uh, win big over park. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think Clemson will win this game, but it's always a tough proposition on a Thursday night against Louisville it, it, at Papa John Stadium, like you said. Um and that offense and how explosive it can be, the one thing going for Clemson is they can match that offense and they've got better, faster athletes. I think Clemson finds a way to win this game. We get to the Saturday games, and you might be choosing where you wanted to go to law school if you had this matchup, but we talk about the Northwestern Wildcats making it into the top 25 versus the fighting cut close the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, it was a big win, obviously, for Northwestern uh, catching Stanford. But I think, you know, time played a little bit into that game uh, with it starting at 11 central time. Uh, and I think uh, it might be possible that the Stanford team hit the snooze button a couple too many times. Uh, you know, they get a win last week, and now they're ranked 23rd. And, um, you know, I don't see that. Uh, this is a Duke team, on the other hand, that's been untested. Uh, You know, it looks like a down year for Tulane, who they blew out in week one. Um, But I think David Cutliffe Cutliffe is one of the most underrated coaches, um, you know, in college football. I like Duke to win. I like Duke to cover. Uh, Currently, we're seeing lines of three and three and a half. Uh, If you can scoop up three, be sure to do so. I'll tell you this about the nerds at Northwestern. When they get it rolling, they get it rolling. They got it rolling right now. I don't like them on the back end of this season, but I think they roll through these first six games. I think they win big on Tobacco Road. Yeah, the, I think the key in this one is the young freshman for Northwestern. It's first real road test uh, for Clayton Thorson. We'll we'll see if – you know, these teams are very evenly matched. Like you said, it's uh, the battle for the best law school Uh if if Pat Fitzgerald and his coaching staff is wearing shorts this week, again, I'm taking Northwestern. <laughs> That's a good one. All <laughs> right. The match comes to Columbus, Ohio. The Northern Illinois Huskies go in to take on the undisputed champion, the Ohio State Buckeyes. You know, I was unsure of what I saw out of Ohio State last week. Uh, watching the first half of that game, I said to myself, "Man, they're having a big hangover from that second half versus Virginia Tech." As I have said, they came out of the uh, halftime locker room and uh, won the game handily, 38 to nothing. Uh, so a bad game, in my opinion, played by Ohio State, uh, led to a 30-38 <laughs> to nothing victory, and that's certainly something to shake my head at. Now, in Northern Illinois, you know they were given a game by UNLV. Uh, And while they're stout up front on both sides of the ball, I see Ohio State just having too much speed, class, playmaking ability for this one to be close. Uh, That said, we will see Northern Illinois score this week, Uh, unlike Hawaii, who was unable to do so last week. Maybe look for this game to go over the total of 66.5. Here's no question. Drew Hare, that Northern Illinois... Uh, Huskies offense, I don't ever think they ever stop scoring, honestly. Uh, I think they score through practice, they score through the training tables, score, you know, studying, I mean, uh, probably scoring with the ladies as well, but nevertheless, I think they come in, it's going to be, it's very good that Ohio State defense was playing as well as it was last week to help them get by with the offense struggling as it is. I think the offense gets back on track. I think the Buckeyes win, uh, but I wouldn't put your money behind it on that spread. You know, the the thing about the Buckeyes is all those problems on offense are very fixable. Their execution, their, it's, just, it, it's just breeds, it's stuff like that. Where my big concern is with Ohio State going forward is the special teams. Uh, that uh, The kicking situation, if, if Ohio State gets into a big game and they need a field goal, I don't feel very confident going in. And as far as even the, the punt, uh, the punt teams. You, you saw the roughing uh, punter in the end zone. It's just mental mistakes that need to be cleaned up. Uh, Northern Illinois is going to score some points. The, the Buckeyes' defense looked impressive, but they're not that impressive. Uh, Hair is very good. He's got a good set of wide receivers and a de- decent offensive line as well. Um, I, what I would like to see out of Ohio State. It's for Ed Warner to go up into the press box and get off the sideline and think he has to coach up the offensive line at every timeout. out. Uh, he's got guys that can do that. He needs to see the field. And I, I just feel like the play calling right now is just being too cute. Um, and it, it's just not – it's not flowing. There's no chemistry to it. Some of that I'm sure is a product of playing on five days rest and not being able to put in your normal, uh, your normal week. But I, I think there's got to be something that, that changes a little bit for Ohio State. They're not going to have a problem with with Northern Illinois as far as beating them, but uh, I, I like that call by John. It's, there's going to be a lot of points. You want to go score, Jake, or no? Uh, I'll, I'll take a final score of Buckeyes 48, Northwestern 21. I think this is going to be a a close one. I go 42 to 28 with the Ohio State Buckeyes coming on top. Thank God they're playing in the horseshoe. Uh, This is a neutral site game. Uh, You talk about neutral sites, and this was a neutral site game and you jumped into DeLorean, you'd be happy to be there and witness it. But it's the year 2015 and we got this version of the Nebraska Cornhuskers versus the Miami Hurricanes. You know, I'm not high on Nebraska or Miami this year. You know, Tommy Armstrong doesn't wow me. I think you'll see the Blackshirts legacy come back as Coach Riley starts recruiting his own players. With that, you know, Al Golden doesn't seem to be the best fit in Miami either. Uh, And even though I like Brad Kaya's talents, I don't think there's a whole lot around him from a skill position standpoint, obviously losing Duke Johnson. Uh, I like Miami to win, uh, but I really have no opinion uh, on the line currently sitting uh, with the Hurricanes as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. You hope Brad Kaya and uh, Al Golden can get that situation together down there. They struggled against FAU. I watched that game. I mean, they were almost as bad as well, not as bad as Auburn and Jacksonville State, but they got out of there with the win. Um, Jake, I'm just going to go ahead and put this pinata of Mike Riley and hang it up so you can go after it like a fat kid at a happy birthday party. (laughs) You, You know, Mike Riley is a really nice guy. He's not a really good coach though. Uh he he makes mistake after mistake on game day. Uh he he brought some talent to Oregon State, but nothing to, to write home about. I think he gets lost in the shuffle at Nebraska. It's hard to recruit to Nebraska. It's not like you got a lot of selling points. You know, it, it this game's gonna come down to is it who who's better? Lawrence Phillips. For Michael Irvin. <laughs> I'll take Michael Irvin. Huh. Well, no, that, honestly, that's not, Miami's, that's not defense like, Miami's defense looked like Miami's defense was like horse bleep last week. They were terrible. I and had every right to get beat and did get beat in the first half. Nebraska, you know, they're just good enough to lose dramatically. So I think Miami ends up beating them on a last minute. Uh, fumble rooskey by Nebraska that they had no business trying to run in the first place. Lawrence,
0: All right.
1: Phil- Lawrence Phillips versus Michael Irvin. How about Tommy Freer versus Gino Toretta? <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Well, how about this one? The head ball coach versus Mark Rick for the mediocrity title of the SEC. South Carolina Gamecocks go between the hedges to take on the Georgia Bulldogs. Club. You know, I don't know if Georgia was looking ahead to this one uh, last week after winning a semi-competitive game at Vandy. Uh, What I do know, though, is I don't like Grayson Lambert. I didn't like him at Virginia, and I don't like him here at Georgia. In fact, Phil Steele had Bryce Ramsey as his starter for this Bulldog team at the beginning of the year, uh, and I think he was on point. I feel like he'd be a much better choice uh, if uh, they were going with him at the quarterback position. That said, South Carolina has nothing to be excited about. They're starting a backup quarterback, and their defense that struggled to get stops against uh, the Tar Heels in week one. That said, Nick Chubb, the offensive line of the Bulldogs, are probably just too much. i like Georgia to win, uh, and I won't personally play it, uh, but would lean South Carolina plus 17 just because laying 17 is a lot of points uh, for a team who will score most of, or who will run most of their offense uh, on the ground running the football? Yeah, and I think you uh, lead into something there. It, it, Georgia just has more talent at this point, and especially in the running game, they're going to be able to just pretty much manhandle uh, South Carolina without having to worry about throwing the ball around too much. Uh, I, I would look towards this under. uh both these teams, especially Georgia, they're going to be calling plays that are going to be conducive to running clock. And that's what you're looking for. Uh, so, but as far as a winner, it's an it, it, obvious pick for me in Georgia right now, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to blow a game. They should went down the road. Oh, they're going to blow a lot of games, but it won't be this one. The Bulldogs get some get back after those beat downs and choke jobs against the of years past. So, uh, I, I, I feel bad. Uh, Perry Orch should know the one job, and the one job only he has to do is quarterback stepping in for Connor Mitch in the game time and get the ball to Pharaoh Brown. Uh, if he does that, they have a fighting chance, but they don't have a defense to stop Nick Chubb and look for him to continue that consecutive 100-yard game streak that he has going from last year.
0: The Cow Bears go in to take on
1: the AD, the athletic director list, Texas Longhorns. You know, this is one of the two most interesting games of the week for me. Uh, Is this a Cal team that's for real? Uh, It sure looks like it. They dominated San Diego State on both sides of the ball last week. Uh, And Texas, you know, you wonder if they're going to open up the offense for Gerard Hurd. They had 42 points last week, but they did it on only uh, 277 yards of total offense. Uh, In fact, they lost the total yardage battle to Rice, uh, 462 to 277. Uh, I feel like Cal wins. I really like them at the opener of uh, minus three and a half. Uh, but now the betting market has opened them up as a seven-point favorite, uh, and I just can't lay that price with the game in Austin. Yeah, Texas I'll, is the uh, – you want to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be real quick. I'll take a bear any day over a steer. Uh, like the better quarterback in golf. Go Cal Bears. Texas is the Cleveland Browns of NCAA football at this point. Uh, they are the, the the standard for dysfunction, which is really sad considering uh, the lineage of Texas. Uh, they may be the fifth best team in their state, and there's no excuse for that in being able to recruit. I don't care what transition you had going on. Uh, it, it doesn't matter to me. Cal, I really like Goff. He's got a howitzer on his arm, and this Texas team – just can't get out of their own way at this point. Uh, I don't see any reason to think that Texas is going to win this game. The godfather of all football defenses, Pat Narduzzi takes his Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Pampers in to take on Iowa Hawkeyes and Kinnick Stadium. It was a big big win last week uh, for Iowa, getting a W over their big... Uh, rivals the Cyclones in Ames. You know, I had concerns. Big win for about the Big Ten.
0: Big win for the Big Ten too, John.
1: Oh, absolutely, no question about that. See, anywhere, anywhere you can get wins in, uh, in and outside of the conference is a big thing, uh, especially when it's a rivalry game. Um, you know, and I had some concerns that Iowa might get a little bit of a hangover, uh, but after doing some research, I found that. Past four years, this is a Hawkeye team that is 4-0 the week after playing Iowa State, whereas this is a Pitt team that's going to struggle without James Conner. Their quarterback, Chad Wojcik, uh, not really a dynamic playmaker, more of a game manager kind of guy, uh, and without his best weapon, I believe they struggle. Uh, I like Iowa to win and cover the five-point spread. Iowa might have a 2 the two worst quarterback products in the country playing at two different schools in the Big Ten. I'm rolling with the Panthers and Narduzzi's defense until they prove me wrong. Kurt Schmears sucks. Well put. I was gonna I was gonna fade Iowa until you came up with that little stat against uh, I, week after Iowa State. I like that. Uh, you know, there's there's still so much new at Pittsburgh with Narduzzi and him implanting implanting his uh, dynamic uh, turbo defense that everyone wants to steal. Uh, It's going to take a little longer than that, so I'm down with uh, Iowa this week. All right. The Battle of the West Coast, Pac-12. The Stanford Cardinal. They will be waking up one time this time, so don't blame the alarm clock. Go ahead and take on the U.S. East Road. You look at USC over the first two weeks, 114 points. Uh, and then you look at Stanford, only 37. Uh, be it against a little bit stronger competition than the Trojans had. <laughs> I, I haven't been a fan of Kevin Hogan. Uh, I personally really like Cody Kessler. And I feel like he has a lot of weapons at the skill position to score points quickly. Uh, I like USC to win and cover the ton going hard overhead, somehow the Stanford Cardinals find a way to upset the USC Trojans and get their season wow. back on track. I'll give you this reason and this reason only. Cody Kessler was terrible in the three big games they had last year. I used this stat during the preview. More interceptions than touchdowns. He ran it up on the weak team. Stanford does look like a weak team right now, so he might run it up on them, but I think Stanford finds a way to do what they do well. They've got to find an established run because clearly Kevin Hogan can't get it done in the past but I still think the Cardinal finds a way to win. Well, I'll give the Cardinals this. They had to face adversity already. Uh, USC has not had to face any adversity, any resistance for that matter. Uh, Arkansas State and then Idaho, yeah, no wonder they've got all those yards. But uh, in this situation, Stanford, a team that they notoriously struggle with, they play a little bit different, a little bit more Big 10 even though they lost to the Northwestern, somehow that doesn't make sense. Uh, I, but USC has got too much, especially at the Coliseum. Uh, I, I like Slark and the Trojans to get this one done and then party all night. Let's stay on the West Coast.
0: The BYU Cougars take on the UCLA Bruins. Fear the Cougar!
1: You know, it looks like BYU doesn't seem to have uh, missed a beat after losing Taysom, uh, Taysom Hill and transitioning to Tanner Mangum. Remember that Mangum was an ESPN Elite 11 player coming out of high school, highly touted before going on its Mormon mission. And while they lack tons of quality, skill, position talent, this is a BYU team that's come back from the first two games and definitely looks like a team who believes in themselves. That said, this is a big step up in class versus Josh Rosen and the Bruins. Rosen was the number one quarterback coming out of high school last year, and in the first two games, he certainly looked the parts. Uh, it should be a great game. Currently, the line sits at 17, and I think that's too high. Um, I'll take UCLA to win the game, but somehow I feel like the Cougs stay in the game and cover the 17-point spread. UCLA has found a way to play down the expectations every time they get on a big stage. I like BYU for one reason and one reason only, because they believe in Joseph Smith. But no, seriously, (laughs) I like them because of what I've seen out of Magnum. For some reason, they've got the momentum going. Bronco Mendenhall looks even surprised at the end of these games. Momentum is something that you can feed on, and I definitely think, his last name might be Magnum, but his arm is like a magnum because he fires that ball like a, a gun. It's shot out of a gun. Um, the BYU Cougars, the defense comes up with timely plays and timely turnovers. Uh, they give a lot to be desired. The way I think UCLA should really beat them is in the special teams game or returns and field position. But if they don't do that, I like BYU for a huge upset. Yeah, and that would be a pretty big upset. Uh, you know, I'm I'm starting to believe in in BYU and Mangum. There's just something weird going on there. It seems like Bronco Bennett Hall's crying in his interview every week. But uh, UCLA, they're my top dog right now. Uh, I, I just think very highly of them. I think highly of Rosen and. They just have a little bit too much for BYU this week. I think BYU gives them a game, but I think UCLA will eventually win it. The luckiest thing for the Bruins this game is at, you know, in Hollywood. It's in in the UCLA campus. Yeah, I mean, because if it was at – if it was in if it was in Utah, it would be a different story. And a great tribute by the student section of Taysom Hill. They held up number four in the third quarter, and it was moving a moving tribute. And I think that helped them. That's why I say if this game was in Utah, it'd be a whole different story. But I think that helped them get that momentum to have that a comeback victory. So shout out to the Hail Mary kid. Hell let's no.
0: take it on.
1: Yeah, let's take it on down to the heart of the South. Everybody's team that they pick to win the SEC, at least that are don't live in Tuscaloosa, the Auburn Tigers take on the LSU Tigers. Catch a tiger by the tail. You
0: know, as I I'll mentioned
1: will take the earlier, Tigers. <laughs> well, well played. You know, as I mentioned earlier, this is an Auburn team that you know, has major concerns with the quarterback position with Jeremy Johnson right now, and uh, you know I see I see some issues in the trenches as well. You know, they face off against LSU in Death Valley, uh, and I have some concerns about Jeremy Johnson's decision-making against this defense. And I also have some concerns about Auburn's front seven stopping Leonard Fournette from being Leonard Fournette. Uh, Who knows? You know, maybe this was a sleepwalk for the first two weeks uh, for the War Eagle boys, um, but I can only look to lay the six-and-a-half with LSU, uh, and I predict a victory for the Tigers in purple and gold. So, Les Miles, Mike Riley, and Bobby Petrino walk into Tom Coughlin's summer camp. Now, I don't understand why (laughs) LSU stopped running the ball last week. I mean, like, they do one thing, they do one thing well, that's run the ball. They've got the weapons at receiver, you know, with the the Malachi Dupree, you know, and Chad durrell the highly, you know, recruits, but – Run the ball better from that. You don't have a good quarterback. You ain't had a good quarterback in 10 years. You know, so it doesn't matter. Let me take that. It hasn't been 10 years. I forget. My man, Jamarcus Russell, down there was playing it around. But they haven't had a good quarterback so Jamarcus Russell down there in a the bite. So I don't understand what they're trying to prove. I don't understand what Les Miles is trying to prove. Um, until they can find it. This game is going to come down to who's not the worst quarterback on the field, basically, because they both know each other very well. I don't think – uh, Auburn's defense is as good as LSU, but it's not going to really matter if they're turning the ball over. So, it's going to be a war patrician. It's going to be an old-fashioned SEC game. These SEC games remind me of Mayweather fight. Everybody hugs too much, and there's not enough scoring. So, uh, I like the LSU type <laughs> to escape game from Auburn. That was a good one. Uh, LSU, I've got some major concerns with them after the second half in uh, Stark Vegas, but Auburn looked like Dodd sleeping at home against Jacksonville State. So this is really the SEC, like the, the microcosm of what the SEC is here. Bad quarterback play, power running game for LSU, some defenses that are good at times, have the talent in the world. Something's got to give – I'm going to give the edge to Leonard Fournette in being at home and LSU wins. Well, we got the other prime time matchup in the SEC, and this is the big one. You got Ole Miss, who hasn't stopped scoring either since the first two games of the season, putting up the most points of any team with 70-plus, both back-to-back weeks, going into Tuscaloosa to take on the Crimson Tide. See, you said it, man, 149 points in the first two games. Uh, and not only that, they're averaging 634 yards. And I like Alabama's defense. Steel rated them uh, his number one in the country, uh, but they're in for a real test this week against the Rebs. And it looks like Chad Kelly is going to fill in right there at the quarterback position as they needed. Uh, on the other hand, this is an Alabama team averaging 515 yards a game as well. And it's probably fair to assume that Sabin took his foot off the gas against Middle Tennessee uh, in the second half last week, like he typically does. Um, that said, you know, I like what I see out of Old Miss, but. You know, for the fear of being taken out of my dad's will with him being an Alabama alum, I'll just go ahead and say that I like this game going over the posted total of 51.5. But if you can find 51, go ahead and grab that since 51 is a key number in the over-under department. Well, if you would have bet last year on the Buckeyes like we told you to against your dad's favorite team, you probably would have been a rich man and probably wouldn't need that will. No, I'm just going to cut that part out. I'm just joking with you, man. Um, no, I like, I like it. You better keep that in there. That's hilarious. He'll think that's uh, the you ever heard. I love it. We, we think about Chad Kelly, Cody Core, Kandiche, the Shark defense, going into Tuscaloosa. The problem for Ole Miss, Mississippi State, all the other teams in the SEC, besides Texas A&M and Missouri, who are new to the SEC, they never deliver on the big stage. They always find a way to choke it away. Um Ole Miss early coming in against a Nick Saban team that basically had a bye week last week against Middle Tennessee State. They're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry. I don't like the quarterback play with Alabama, but they've always found a way around it. They're the one team that finds a way around it in the SEC uh, when they're playing in the SEC. I really want to pick Ole Miss, but you got to go with what's smart, and that's Alabama, the defense, and Derrick Henry, one of the best runners in the league. I like Alabama. Yeah, Ole Miss has put up a lot of numbers, but similar to USC, they've been up against Tennessee Martin and a bad Fresno State team. Uh, on the flip hand, Alabama has already played Wisconsin, a pretty formidable opponent um, with no jokes being made. I, I just think at night, at Tuscaloosa, the talent is so much better on the Alabama defensive side. I think that they can, can at least get some stops on Mississippi. And like I said, Mississippi hasn't been tested in the least so far, and they're definitely going to get some resistance this Saturday night. I'll take Alabama. If Alabama's secondary play is what it needs to be and what it usually is, they will definitely win the game. That's one thing I think. Um, You do want to pick Ole Miss, though. Good Lord. I mean – yeah, I did one there. Them. I'll tell you this: this is one point. I won't be shocked if Ole Miss, be, uh, Ole miss. I won't be shocked if Hotty toddy rolls over the tide, but it will turn the college football world on its ear. That's one thing. So I mean, it will be an exciting week to come back and talk about, gentlemen. All right, that's the week of college football. But let's oh, get this on how out make- mix. What this want to do? Georgia Tech I- Notre can I, put- can I put one more thing Ooh. into Alabama as well? Yeah, yeah. Go Georgia on. Tech Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did have that on there. My bad. I just get that one. Go ahead, John. Go ahead and get Alabama. One, one more quick piece, gentlemen, on the Alabama uh, Ole Miss game. You know, when you look at Alabama taking on Wisconsin earlier in the year, uh, this is an Alabama team that does a tremendous job of stopping teams that like to run north and south. They're big, they're strong, uh, but they're not necessarily quick. So when they played up against the Badgers, this was a good situation for them to go ahead and stop what Wisconsin does best. On the other hand, this is a Hugh Hugh Freeze team that likes to run a little bit east and west and try to run around those defensive ends uh, and around those linebackers. I think it causes problems for the Crimson Tide. And again, I see there being a strong offensive output uh, from the Rebels. I think Alabama scores too. Um, but man, I, you know, as a Crimson Tide fan, I have some major concerns about this one. And do I think? I personally think that the Ole Miss plus seven is a real bargain, uh, and I think the over is cheap at fifty-one and a half. All right, the most exciting team in the ACC, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, go in and will visit Touchdown Jesus and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yeah, Notre Dame better not have a hangover after pulling out that last-second win against Virginia. Uh, All Georgia Tech has done is railroad their first two opponents, be it against lesser competition, and they put up 134 points in two games. Typically, the option is something that takes a little bit of time to gel and blend, and that has not been the case at all for the Ramblin' Uh, wreck. It wouldn't shock me at all if Notre Dame's uh, grass field was about four inches long, Uh, looking like the U.S. open rough uh, to try and slow down this Yellow Jacket offense. Uh, I love Georgia Tech plus three, if you can find it, and uh, I like them to win straight up. Georgia Tech, Justin Thomas, Marcus Allen Jr., I mean, Ricky June. The offense can't be stopped. Notre Dame can't stop them. Nobody can stop them. The Yellow Jackets roll big. Tell those nuns to grab the rosaries, light the candles, and say a prayer. Because this is where Notre Dame season comes to an end. You know Notre Dame coming off of a spotlight game in tech, against Texas at home, and then having to go on the road and win that nail biter at Virginia, where they lose their starting quarterback. Uh, they lost a starting running back in the first game in Full in uh, i I just don't know if they have enough energy to stay with Georgia Tech. That team is so dynamic and so difficult to prepare for. Uh, It's like nothing you see the rest of the season until you get to Navy. Uh, But I just think this year this Georgia Tech team has as much talent as I've seen on one of their teams. Paul Johnson knows what he's doing. Not that Brian Kelly doesn't, but he's got a – kind of adjust on the fly now, and that's going to be a tough order for Notre Dame, even coming back home, even growing the grass four inches tall. Uh, I, I, I see a lot of points in this one, but I think Georgia Tech has a few more than Notre Dame. All right, we go
0: in the book with Jake and John for this week's best bets. Well, John, we got, Jake, I didn't
1: Jake, I didn't know what to prepare for, so I I don't know what you're throwing my direction, but I'm sure I can handle. It. I'm I'm gonna basically just throw it out to you for your for your. Uh, um, your under, under the, the radar, radar picks, yeah. So uh, all right, let me go. So you're ahead. gonna give yours, and then you're gonna throw them to me for the under the radar. Yeah, basically. Perfect. Okay. All right, guys, welcome in the book. I got John here. We pretty much got his opinions on some of the major games going on uh, in college football this week. Uh, for me, I, I like Georgia Tech at minus two and a half. Uh, make sure you can get it under that field goal. That's going to be huge for you. Uh, another another big game out there for us this week uh, is obviously the one at Hottie Cottie. Uh, Mississippi Notre Dame or Mississippi Alabama. I, I think Mississippi is going to be able to hang in that seven point margin. Uh, I, I do like your overplay as well on that. Uh, and then BYU UCLA. As much as I like UCLA, this BYU team has something going for it, and I think they they can stay within that seventeen point margin that we're looking at, even at UCLA. So if you can get seventeen uh, for sure, I like BYU. Even if it dips under there, a half a point is not going to change my mind. I think the u i is in this game for a good portion of it. Uh, John, what do you got as far as under-the-radar stuff that maybe not some of these spotlight games? Yeah, and I love this part of the uh, show. It's definitely my favorite as far as finding some uh, opportunities that uh, some may not find. You may have to watch these games on ESPN3. Uh, or one of the conference networks, maybe CBS Sports, uh, some of those deeper uh, premium sports channels. But, hey, let me give you a couple out there. Really like New Mexico and Arizona State staying under the 65.5. I didn't like Mike Bercovici of the Sun Devils last year, and I certainly don't like him this year. I feel like this is a Sun Devil team, gentlemen, that looks like they really miss Jalen Strong. I think they improve over the year. Uh, But this is an offense that uh, is sputtering quite a bit. Uh, Did not put up a good showing uh, last week against Cal Poly. Uh, And I feel like playing New Mexico should help get that offense rolling. Uh, But this is too many points. And I don't see the Lobos helping out uh, too much with a pretty solid Sun Devil defense. Uh, So I'll keep this one under the total of 65.5. Another one I like is uh, the University of Cincinnati. My Bearcats, my alma mater. Uh, minus the 19 against uh, Miami of Ohio out in Oxford. Uh, This is only a game sitting at 19 because the Bearcats lost last week. I know Gunnar Keel didn't have his best game, uh, but I'm of the opinion that this is a kid who was highly recruited out of high school and has the potential to be at the very least a backup quality quarterback uh, at the NFL level. Yes, he threw four picks last week that cost the Bearcats the game, uh, but I don't foresee it happening again, and certainly not to this Red Hawk team. Uh, this is an offense in the Bearcats that can put up points in bunches. And when you have to lay 19 on the road, that's exactly what you want quick and easy points. I like the Bearcats minus 19. Last one I like is the South Alabama Jaguars plus 17 and a half uh, at the San Diego State Aztecs. I had a bet on San Diego State last week. Getting 14, all I heard all uh, summer long was was that this was Rocky Long's best Aztec team, uh, and they were absolutely dominated by UCLA on the offensive side of the ball by that Cal defense. Yes, this is a quality Aztec defense, uh, but just like I talked about a moment ago with the Bearcats, when you have to lay big points to cover a spread, you want an offense that can score easy, and quite frankly, that is not San Diego State's. Uh, Maxwell Smith, the transfer from Kentucky, has not looked the part since coming on board, uh, only throwing for 136 yards last week. Uh, and even in week one, this was an Aztec victory 37-3 versus FCS squad, University of San Diego. But in that 37 uh, points, they only had 305 total yards of offense. And that game was largely won to the Toreros throwing five interceptions. South Alabama isn't much offensively. However, their quarterback, Cody Clements, the UAB transfer, is from Whittier, California, up in Los Angeles. He should be fired up for this one. Plus, with the game being at Qualcomm Stadium and not on campus at San Diego State, I don't think San Diego State playing these South Alabama Jaguars is going to be enough to entice many of the co-eds on campus uh, to run out to Qualcomm to see this one played on the home field. Uh, So I don't see the home field edge being there for the Aztecs either. Again, give me South Alabama plus 17.5. All
0: right, very good, John. We got them written down, and we'll check back in next week and see how we did.
1: Hopefully a few people can make a few bucks on us. And that's
0: been in the book. Keep cashing. you
1: with us. Yeah, I was with you. I was just on mute. Week three, we're excited about this slate of games. We'll be talking about it on the next College Football Podcast. John, you want to sign up? Yes, gentlemen. Again, you can follow me at Cos on Twitter. I love talking college football. Uh, once again, thank you so much for having me on the podcast this week. Uh, it is the highlight to my week every week. And hopefully, I will speak with you soon.
0: Jake, do you want to sign up and
1: give us the old promo
0: for the score on air? Yeah, thanks
1: for listening, guys. Thanks for participating on social media. We appreciate everything, every listen. Uh, you can check me out every Friday, 2 to 4, scoreonair.com with an Ohio Bias Live. And uh, look for me on 95.5 the game. Fill it in. For some hosts and uh, talking on the radio. Well, enjoy your Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of college football. As always, I love the college. I forget As always, enjoy your Thursday, Saturday. Or, uh, as always, enjoy your Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of college football. My phone dying, so I had to hurry up there. Uh, that oh, so tell you something. Oh, hey, oh yeah. As always, no Undisputed national champions. Oh, hey, Kyle. John. Say Auburn versus Louisville. Auburn. Auburn versus Louisville. Okay. Yeah, we're good then. I can't remember what you said, but you didn't say Auburn that one, and I wrote it down. I meant to tell you when we had gotten and I got I all also, fired up. The I also said Georgia Tech plus three. There, it's Georgia Tech minus three. So, can okay, I okay. just go ahead and say, we got it right there, Georgia, Georgia Tech minus the two and a half, try to avoid the three.
0: Okay. Alan, right. Thank
1: you so much. It was good chatting with you again. I am on a cruise with my wife, uh, leaving Thursday through the weekend. Luckily, I do have people uh, in my cabin on the cruise ship. Uh, however, I'm not <laughs> sure how much Internet access I have. Uh, that said, when you guys do post it, I will do my best to retweet uh, and send it to all of my people. I have gotten a few phone calls saying, hey, I thought you did that podcast every year. And I said, you know what? I, I reached out. I'm interested in doing it. I'm sure they'll get to a at some point. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I certainly appreciate it and uh, look forward to continuing it with you guys. Yeah, it'll be oh. a Thursday morning, so. Beautiful. You good for next Tuesday? Uh, yeah, Tuesday yeah I'm, it, like, I, I, it's Tuesday work? Like, no bullshit, gentlemen. It is the highlight of my week. I spent about an hour preparing my uh, picks and um, commentary and all that good stuff, and uh, I, I love doing it. So any anytime you guys want to have me on, I'm all for it. Hey, I got to right. ask you. Me and, me and D got into it a little bit about CM Punk and MMA. When is he gonna fight? Is he ever Just, I think fight? I think I think they're gonna end up adding him to that Rousey card in December or he'll mm-hmm. be one of the first he'll probably be either if not that card, it'll be the Luke rockhold uh <laughs> wide McCard in January. So look for him December or January. I think those one of those two cards. So is I don't he, think has your opinion changed at all? No, I haven't seen the guy fight. I don't have an opinion. Like I'm <laughs> indifferent to the dudes. Like um I only thing about that Rousey card is in Australia, so they might not but it, I don't know. I don't know what kind of... You tell me. What You got to tell me. You think he could sell, like, draw in Australia? That card is so weak. They think Rousey can carry it by herself, sir. So. I, I, I got to tell you, if the UFC was smart, they'd, they would do a show at the United Center or at the Rosemont Horizon, and they'd sell that damn thing out in five minutes. They could charge five times what they normally charge, and those crazy Chicago... MMA fans and wrestling fans would sell that place out in a second. They wouldn't even have to put a premier MMA event or a premier uh, championship event on. Obviously, you wouldn't want to put CM Punk out there last, but you could put. But see, a, the thing is, with that, you could do a contender They might do that, but that won't be his first fight. They'll do that and make it like a UFC fight night or something right. like that. And then that yeah. way, they can he can be like the co-main event or like you know the third fight on the list. That way, it can draw. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, all right. Yeah, the UFC's got a lot of problems right now. They they fucking Nate Diaz Are you guys watching pro marathon. wrestling at all or no? Yeah, I do. I, I, got, I, mean, I, I take Raw and... talked that? about it last year. I'm bored with it. I I stop watching. I you know, I I go down the list of different superstars, and I just Seth Rollins, I'm indifferent. John Cena, I'm indifferent. Randy Orton, I'm indifferent. Um, I go down the line. That said, I watch NXT every week. At least I'm it's, it's all different. Um, they need to get Samoa him. Joe up to the big leagues. Yeah, I don't think he's going to. Yeah, yeah. The, the only thing that keeps me th- on Raw is the uh, the New Day and uh, Kevin Owens. Yeah, and I like Kevin Owens more at NXT than I like. I don't know. Maybe the right. They they came him down league. Kevin Owens to Raw. Yeah, right. I've been watching NXT and I actually been following the Divas thing. I, I'm. Not, yeah. I mean, this a, here's a bold prediction for you. I, I, the WWE is smart, which I think they will. They're going to do like a Saturday morning all Divas wrestling show, like almost like uh, Glow, like back in the oh, day. You'll see that coming pretty soon. So, because they got I, enough now with the legacies with uh, uh, Charlotte Flair and everything. Yeah, you know I mean, like they got enough, you know, to build around it so. I thought I the deal. I, I think they could do too. a one-hour prime-time show that isn't on a Monday or a Thursday. They could do a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night, just an hour, Bring, so that you don't spoil the product. But I think you could do it during the week. Well, night main event. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or they could I, put it on the network, and people would watch the shit out of that too. But either way. I thought they were going to do. I thought there was a conspiracy deal where Charlotte was going to beat Nikki Bella in exchange for Ric Flair being okay with John Cena winning sixteen titles. But it obviously <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> but I thought and John Cena got a broke. And John Cena got a broken nose in the process. Yeah, yeah, right. So that didn't work out the way I thought. So hopefully so I now John, John Cena mind. never touches. Ric- Ric- I hope he doesn't touch Ric Flair's. I hope he didn't go past 16. He's, gonna he's, 16. he's going to get 16. You think he's, he's gonna going to get 17? Yeah, he's, he's in Vince's back pocket. Vince loves that guy. He's done whatever Vince has wanted for the last 12 years or whatever it was. and um, He's made Vince so much money that that's, that's an inevitable, my man. Well, have you seen these numbers at their live events, their non-TV tapings? They're drawing like 600 people to shows at, like, Jacksonville, Florida. The product's spoiled. That's what I, I'm telling you. Like, it, give me a reason to tune back in, and I'll watch. And it they, it's just, how many times am I going to see John Cena versus Randy Orton? How many times am I going to see whatever? You know, they had Kevin Owens fight like Cena, and uh, Owens goes over Cena the first week, and that's or the first match, and I'm like, perfect. And then they bury Owens twice in a row. It's like, John Cena doesn't need more wins. He, that's whatever, I could do this all day. The truth of the matter is, I don't really care, and that's the problem. But um, I wanted to ask you guys, no way I can get you both out here for the uh, Browns-Chargers game, can I? No, I remember somebody getting married that weekend out there, too. I almost was coming out, so I was thinking about that. Um, I'm so busy with school and everything that I just, uh, I can barely get away from my cousin's we- uh, wedding in two weeks. Yep. I definitely, I that's something I would definitely be looking into here in the future. Let well, me, let me, let me talk to the old lady. She really wanted to go. I didn't really want to go. Um, but I'll talk to her. She, she, she of course with the phone number, she spent, she spent about 10 years out there. So she's got a lot of, lot of people out there. I got a, a good friend of mine, sister out there, who would be happy if I came. So, Um, some other folks that I need to check in with actually in the May-wise. So it will be a good trip. Um, It's just so so tight now. Yeah, no. All right, I'll see you all later. Thank you so much. All right, man. Bye-bye. Yeah, I took that down. I think I fixed the Twitter, but I'll fix it now. I was trying to fix it as we were doing the show. So. Nah, and, nah, that's cool yeah, I, I really, I, I thought my, I'm telling you My phone reset this morning, I'm like, fuck it reset the How the fuck did that happen? Like, I was confused technically, I'm like, this is fucking bullshit I was already fucking with this phone all day Like, I was like oh. <laughs> I'm like, here's no fucking I'm like, thinking, how the fuck is this possible? Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Shit. Like, I'm thinking in my head Like <laughs> I just uh, shit. Nah, man, keep your head up, man Just, hey, man, like, you gotta Think about it, man, like once again, I cannot, like, if you, like, I know you've seen private parts, but if you ever read the book, and it might be actually a good book to read when you get some time just because you're in the radio biz now, you'll understand what I'm talking about, man. You just got to go in there every day and own it, even when you don't. Man. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't fucking matter, mm-hmm. you know. You had, the show, I'm, and I'm literally, I'm not joking, it, they saw an opportunity after you were on the air and realized like somebody did either stealer or tour it, or like it was collusion or whatever, but they saw the opportunity deer and they tried to snatch. it. So, and uh, right. you know, the thing is too, they tried to use us for a little free promotion too, but you know, it only helps us. So it's fine. You know. Yeah. And I got, uh, I got us out on the airways at least too. So that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah. So, but now, you know, next time, you know, just promote yourself every opportunity you get, you know, when you get on there. Don't just go be the ho-hum company man, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, exactly. Should have gotten more in. That is what it is, man. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man, thanks. Appreciate the encouragement. All right, brother. All right, I'll talk to you later. Later.